Hey, welcome to the B Team Podcast. My name is Justin, and I am joined today by uh, Milos. Oh, hello, hello. Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan. Yo, yo. And Brent. Hoi, hoi. All right, so today uh, we're going to be doing another free-form discussion like we did before. Uh, and now I'm going to pass it along to Brent, who is going to uh, introduce us to our topic today. Yeah, so today I think we're going to talk about wokeness, which is, yeah, kind of a buzz term at the moment. And, like, everyone that uses it tends to use it different. So I think what we're going to try and do is, like clearly define what each of us think is wokeness, where it diverts from actual, like, diversity and inclusion, and becomes, like, the pile of steaming shit that we know it as now. And, like, just how it's every time it's worked into a movie, the movie suffers because of it. It never appeals to any actual audience members. It's just it's just to appeal to the Twitter idiots so they don't fucking cancel culture them. Anybody else have anything to add to that? Like, no, let's just get uh, right into it. Go for it. Feels good. Yeah, let's, uh, let's go around the horn. I want to hear everybody's definition. Okay. Well, I'll start it off. It's to me, it's it's the pervasive way to add like forced diversity to hide behind any like any bad writing. You hide your criticisms behind casting someone diverse, and then you go, oh well, they're already like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, how am I trying to say this? Like, I define it as, yeah, a very pervasive fucking ideology that's just ruining fucking media. Like, Okay, I'll, I'll go next because I have the official definition okay, and then okay. the official <laughs> definition that I defer to. Um, so the official definition as advertised, meaning like it's a good thing in, in the culture, uh, wokeness pertained to social issues that people were otherwise blind and or asleep to such as you know uh racial disparity the wage gap um discrimination of minority groups now on paper all of that sounds good the problem is the fix would be you know ideally societally based via a meritocracy what they decided instead was to go to a push towards equity which is if we don't have enough we just put in more and we screw over other things in the process that still doesn't sound terribly horrible but my definition and what it actually is what it's actually become um you know it is definitely a tenant of marxism it is basically the whole thing is you know redistribution of wealth uh you know seizing property this is seizing not even intellectual property but basically just ideals and they're basically saying like you know this class of people has less than this class so we need to elevate them because they're not represented right but those statements are arbitrary they're not usually supported by any facts and they'll literally they'll just be like you know put a woman here put a black person here put a trans person here and then they just want you to clap and applaud it the people often making these decisions are by their own metrics the most overly represented people in society you know mostly white people um, and to, to go and back, they don't care. Uh, there's a point you said there that i actually want to t- it, you said it's the seizure of property 
and then you yes. say, well, it's not really. It very much is. It's the seizure of intellectual Well, I mean, property. in this case, we're talking abstract. We're talking like intellectual property yeah. and things <laughs> yes. we don't yeah. actually own. Intellectual but, you know, like, property. That's yeah. But. Uh, well, let's get everyone's definition. Then we can. Yeah. 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 So, so I'll, <laughs> I'll stop there. Everybody else can go around the horn and then we'll come back to it. Okay, so Brendan, you want to throw yours out? Yeah, uh, sure. I would say base basic definition is, you know, specifically talking about like you know media. It's when people undermine and subvert storytelling in order to serve identity politics. Typically, that's yeah. which obviously you know subverting and undermining things to prop up your thing has been around forever wokeness specifically is doing it the thing that you're pushing up instead is identity politics i would say that's my definition typically mm -hmm. that, yeah fair enough uh -huh. justin or misha i think justin is moving from the car to the yeah you guys can skip me for a second yeah, Dustin's sure. like, I'm asleep, motherfucker. <laughs> He's in the car, probably has like chair warmers or something. <laughs> Heated seats. Okay, so, so, so for me, yours, I... yeah, yeah. So for me, it would basically be checking off a box mm -hmm. uh, for the sake of checking off the box and not really caring about yeah. the consequences of the box checking. It's just like going like we make you have to make sure we have this person, this person, this person, this person, and everything else sort of kind of be damned. And mm -hmm. when you throw to you know, it basically <sighs> amounts up to throwing shit at the wall and hoping something sticks. That's not unfair. Yeah. <laughs> so is Justin back or Yeah, yeah, I'm back. Okay. So what's what would your definition of wokeness yeah. be? So my definition is basically like trying to trying to figure out if I can educatedly, you know, figure it out. So basically what I see Yeah, basically what I see as woke is like when there's like a deliberate um it's like deliberate and forceful diversity where it doesn't need to be. Um and you know the um I'm trying to say this in the most like trying to figure out a way to really say this but like you know for an example so like making the little mermaid black you know what i mean like something like that like you don't really need to do that like make another character or use a character that already is african-american you know what i mean or black or whatever if they're not american you know what i mean like for example, well, you could have made you could have made a, a movie about Tiana from Princess and the Frog. You know what I mean? Well, so there, like there it's, is it's... already a black little mermaid character, and I'm I'm glad you made that point because uh, oftentimes this uh, is what uh, happens. They say we don't have representation and they do, and they don't know about it and they don't care. And then what it really is is oh, we want, you know, main character representation of an already established character that has value points. We don't want to elevate this lesser-known character nobody cares about. And, yeah. like, one thing none of us really mentioned there was 
what I consider wokeness is the least creative group of fucking people ever. They can't come up with anything on their own. Oh. They just want to steal someone else's ideas and change it to suit themselves. So there the is audience, a reason. The audience is there is a yeah. reason why I didn't bring that up because there, I agree with you ninety percent of the time. However, oh, there are genuine, there. genuine wokies that you know whether the things are are great and sometimes they are, or they're just so laughably fucking horrible. And a lot of times they are, but there are some creative ones, and I will give them that. Well, I mean, there's outliers in every group, and some of the people that are pushing wokeness are getting popular, like, famous because of it. They actually did grow up in our generation when, like, storylines were storylines. Like, they they have learned at least a couple of things. I mean, you know, so I'm sure one of the things we're going to probably talk about <laughs> is comic books. Uh, one that I will always defend, and I've had this conversation with Brendan, unbelievable Gwenpool. Woke mm. as all fuck. Outside of the West Coast Avengers revival, uh, most of those books are really, really good. Speaking of forcing wokeness into a book and it backfiring, they just canceled gay Superman. Yes, they did. See, uh, going off that, I feel like we could make, you know, I'm curious what you guys think of this, because I feel like this is like at least 50% of the whole woke talking narrative. When they change a character's race or sexuality is it inherently woke would you say so i'd say i, I think I, I think it's the i think it's the intent so like yes yeah. so like it's yeah. so it comes down to like did you do it because of whatever so like for somebody like um i'm trying to like think Clark of like Duncan a good example it. yeah yeah like like that wasn't done because oh we need a black kingpin it was done because he's a great actor and he fits the role and you know what i mean it was a physicality that he had the imposing yeah. size of kingpin mm. which right and yeah. no like very few people actually complained about that one there was a lot of things mm. to complain about with that daredevil movie so oh yeah and I, actually he's one of my favorite parts of that movie well he's, you know what like, i mean and Duncan was a great actor yeah <laughs> i know yeah and i know thing, like, so i mean yeah so i mean there's there's stuff like that where it's like Basically, like, yeah, it's like intent, essentially. So I'm going to give yeah, you an example. That, that casting, uh, like, I, I don't really, I can't really go into all the depths of it, but it's like that's the casting that was done purely, like, when you look at it from the outside, that's the casting that was done purely on who fits the role the best. It wasn't about representation. Well, yeah, it wasn't about, oh, we need a black person to do it. It's like, like, no, who at the time is the best person, best actor that fits the role and, and that goes back what we're trying to do for the movie and it happened to be a black guy and nobody complained and about back, it or at least very little people and right. that, that goes back to josh's point of like it's erasing meritocracy like it wasn't because right. the, the, this girl is the little mermaid was the best person for the role like she could turn out to be sure but like that's not what they're yeah, we don't know well, every yeah. time every time they say oh the best person for the role in the modern era it's you know i mean there are literally memes uh, I posted one, you know, a Dragon Ball one the other day, and it was, you know, Dragon Ball in various mediums. It was MCU, and it was like a happy, bright picture. It was DCU, and it was a picture of uh, Goku Black, who's Goku as a villain. Uh, and then it was Disney Plus, and it was a black Goku um, and a trans Vegeta, and they were making out. I mean, you know, that's it's it's literally a meme at this point as far as the checkboxes go. Mm -hmm. So when they say, oh, you know, we picked the best person for the job in the last decade, I'm... Uh, you know, a little skeptical there. 
Um, I'm sure we'll get back to the race thing, but I actually wanted to give a genuine example about sexuality because you know, now we have, they just change character sexuality on a whim and it's like, you know, why'd you do that? Well, because we wanted to check a box. So I, I think it's actually more insidious than that. Yeah, well, before we go any further, uh, we need to make two points that I think we can all universally stand by. You know, even back in the day when little changes would happen, like the Michael Clark Duncan uh, Kingpin, there was always going to be an element of the population that was just like black. I hate it. You know, it those are yeah. mostly genuine racists. We, we're not with them. We don't support them. Yes, um, that is a small and prolapsed group. That gets... I understand that. I'm just saying we need to do we do need to throw that disclaimer out there. So, you know, that's yes, true. there are people who will see black, gay, trans and just say, oh, it's woke and that's it. And they're done. They write it off. Uh, by that same token, there are people on the other side of the coin that will see white things and be like, well, this is just offensive because literally it's just white people. So, you know, there there are extremes on both sides. For the most part, they tend to be few and far between, although with a lot of creatives, sadly, not so much anymore. Uh, Anyway, going back to a, what I would consider an organic example of sexuality, Willow from Up. When the show started, she was just kind of like a shy, mousy virgin. She dated a bunch of boys. Um, You know, there was no indication that she was gay until they did the Parallel Universe episode, where in the Parallel Universe, her evil vampire self was gay. And she even says, you know, I think maybe she was a little bit gay. From then on, she has like, I don't know, a six-month odyssey of just, you know, questioning herself, starting to find girls attractive. And then by season five, she's now a full-blown lesbian. There are but people even, who say, oh, it didn't suit the character, but it was set up across years and it happened so slowly and so organically that like, it was a part of the character. No, I don't, but it definitely wasn't like a snap of the fingers and we just made her gay. Yes, um, that was actually a part of the character's journey, the character's overall arc over the seasons and not just thrown in just because, oh, well, this checks the box today. Exactly. Someone like Tim Drake, the you know the third Robin, um, Chuck Dixon himself. I always say defer to the creator. You know he'll look you in the eye and he'll say, "I never wrote this kid as, as gay. I never wrote him as bisexual." You know he had years of relationships with a woman, mostly the same woman. You know never a you know in comics you have a first person inner monologue that you can read their actual thoughts. Nothing about it was ever you know. Oh hey, by the way, he's gay. We get that yeah, for well, plenty of other characters. John Constantine has been gay since inception. It was always part of his character. Nobody bisexual since inception. Nobody cared. Yeah. No? Mm-hmm. Then well, that's John Constantine. He's not a big enough character. Yeah, I'm curious. Then, what do you guys think of? Uh, you know, because obviously, like Tim Drake, Willow, those are like, you know, established characters with their lore. You know, like Tim Drake, it's the you know, the Earth or whatever it is, Prime Earth, Earth One, Tim Drake, he is like, you know, the one who's bisexual now. What do you think of when, what, say, you know, since this is the one everyone's been talking about lately, Velma, where it's like, you know, it's technically a, a different version of her that is well, lesbian. So here's the thing with that. I, you know, it was a running joke even back in the 60s that she was probably a lesbian. Um, you know, I have a, in somewhere in my closet, definitely on my computer, I have a, uh, screenplay that I wrote back in high school where I made a Scooby-Doo joke and there is a line about, well, you know, Thelma was gay. After yep. that point, 
we saw original Scooby-Doo movies and at least one episode of Johnny Bravo where I guess to stop decades of that, you know, stereotype, they started to make Velma overly straight. So now we have established canon in movies and TV show appearances and other whole series that came after that, that, you know, okay, it's Scooby-Doo. We probably don't care. But just like things we do care about, you got to figure there are hardcore fans that have followed all this shit for all of that stuff out there. These people will care. So I would say in terms of the canon, the most they could do is just make her bisexual or have her like basically choose one. But there is absolutely canon for her being straight or at the very least bisexual. So just definitively say like, oh, she's a lesbian and she always was. That's not true. Uh, that's what he's doing. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. With me, I don't know. I'll, I'll go in a second. Yeah, no, I hear you're saying, Josh. I guess the what people would then throw back at you, and I'm not saying this is necessarily what I think is, well, you know, if that version of Velma, you know, from those shows is super straight, okay, fine. But this is, you know, I mean, I guess multiverse of Scooby-Doo. I don't, I don't know what you would call it. The Well, so hold on, because we're talking about two different things here. They announced that she was gay in the main Scooby-Doo canon, and then they announced for the ridiculous Mindy Kaling show that her character was going to be gay. Okay, that's fine. That's a multiverse. The other one is the canon fucking Velma. You know, okay. no, I don't. I don't think. That. Well, I don't. I don't think they said that Velma in her show is going to be gay. They absolutely did. Definitely did. That show is, is literally checkbox the show. You got a black I, Shaggy that they realized they couldn't name Shaggy, as yeah, Brett pointed out. That fucking made me laugh. My you got ass. Asian Daphne. You know, Dennis from Always Sunny is Fred. But like, what bugs me about the whole Velma thing going on with like, is she gay? Is she, it doesn't matter. It literally does not matter. It's the same as Bert and Ernie. This is a show set for like children that aren't thinking about sexuality. Like it's about solving mysteries. It's not about oh, who's Thelma fucking, right? Like that I mean, bugs me. Yeah. That that I sure. find that. Yeah, I think I think it boils down again to what we brought up before: intention of why they're doing it. Like yes. what exactly is the point? Is Velma being gay like best thing they can do for the character? Or are they trying to check off a box? And this is well, clearly now, another now one of they're trying as to check off a box. As soon as you label it, as soon as you label it one way or the other, you're alienating a group of fans. If you just leave it alone and let people think what they want to think, like Bert and Ernie, it's fine. Nobody cares. Everyone goes, "Oh yeah, I think those two were gay. Who cares?" Like, okay, so, the minute you so, go, "Oh no, you have to make them gay." Like, just the minute the fucking woke idiots decide to push it, like, "No, you have to do this thing because we want it." then you instantly throw away half of your target audience. And it's like, when it comes to kids at that age, they don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. So why do you need to keep doing it? All right, so now, hold on. First, we're getting into nefarious shit, because historically, I was with you. You know, Bert and Ernie, were they gay? Nobody cared. Maybe they were written that way as a joke. It was a character idea, sure. Now, unfortunately, we're dealing with, you know, sick fucking pedophiles who want to not only make everything as gay as possible, but like, you know, full on indoctrinate very, very young children and be like, this is gay and this is the only way to be. That I have a huge problem with, I would imagine most of us do. In terms of things, you know, for our age group, perfect counterexample to what you just said, uh, the most recent season of Archer, the current one, all of a sudden Pam is banging a chick. 
Yeah, but she's Pam... not at any point said that she's a lesbian. She has, you know, briefly, usually while drunk or on drugs, hooked up with girls before, but mostly <laughs> yeah. guys. Now she's just full on dating a chick and she's like, there's a whole character arc where she's like, you know, what does this mean? Are you like my girlfriend? What are we doing? And no one has a problem with it. There's no labels. There's no, no articles. Again, but that's, that doesn't totally go against her character because she has been known to sleep with women when she's been fucked up before. Exactly. So it's like, it exactly. is a progression. Because, because it's organic and it's, it's character progression. Exactly. I mean, but again, say, like Ur- Urcher isn't something that's aimed at eight year olds. You know what, well, I mean? that's what like I'm it, saying. I said, you can you actually know, have art. that discussion and have people understand, like, oh, okay, she just figured herself out. But like, an eight-year-old yeah. doesn't know that. Oh, well, wow, Velma just figured her life out. Like, they don't give a fuck. They want to know who's behind yeah. the fucking rubber mask. Well, Josh, that's, I'd, that's be, I I'd be curious to like kind of go off what you were saying with Pam. You know, um, you know, Archer. That show's been going on for what ten years, some, some around like something like that. 14, I think. You know. So obviously, then like seasons, but I think when they switched over to the internet streaming fucking seasons, they did two seasons a year. Okay. So it's, it's so basically ten years. Basically, you know, if they've been building up to that, that would be a significant chunk of the character's existence where you know they're able to build up to that. For someone like a Tim Drake or a Iceman, would you guys say there's any example of a character who was around for decades? They then made them gay where it felt <laughs> organic. I'm I'm just curious. Just change the um, sexuality? No, and I will throw it back to you and say there's no example of a character who had been around for decades as a hero and then was just arbitrarily made a villain because it's almost the exact same writing change. Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that I actually do think it worked with that you like, when they were like, yes, he's a gay character now. And it's like, okay, cool. Was Shatterstar, which is, I know Rob Liefeld fucking lost his shit over it, but like, yeah. There was never any real character written there besides, oh well, he might be fucking Longshot and Dazzler's kid from another from an alternate dimension, right? Yeah, my like, he was always just a visual character that Liefeld used to throw in the background, and yeah, when they actually did that, it gave something to his character that like gave right. him a character, right? So like that mm-hmm. one wasn't the worst. That's a good example of like where it can be a positive. But yeah, again, but... that that was when they were just trying to have inclusion, not just throwing woke shit in your face. Right. Um. For for Tim Drake, I haven't read those comics, so I don't know if you know. Are they good? Are they bad? I have no idea. I've always thought. I mean, if I you're read read me Tim the, Drake uh, is bisexual. Out story. It's not great. It's it's not. It's actually really not great. It's it's bad. Okay. Uh, but the new ones, Jesus Christ, they look just awful. Okay. Yeah, I remember you linked that, yeah. Like, if you were to tell me Tim Drake is bisexual, you know, maybe maybe I could buy that somehow, but the problem I have is with a lot of these things, which I don't like, is they'll say they're they're gay, and then they'll try to then say all the old comics you read where they were, like, in relationships with, you know, women, presumably, oh, that, that meant nothing, which, right. I mean, with Tim Drake, I guess they're not doing it since he's bisexual, right? He's not gay. Like, with Iceman being gay, I mean, I just have a hard time believing, like, anything, you know, he ever had with a woman was just, oh, it was just all fake. Like, like, if they had said he was bisexual, like, I would have, that I would have bought more than him being just straight up gay. No, he doesn't like women at all. Well, so here's the other thing. Like, you know, know your audience, know your characters, which typically the Wokies never do. No, Iceman was on the record of basically being like, you know, the Marvel Hal Jordan or the Marvel Dick Grayson. 
I mean, he was super fucking straight. He was banging everything that moment. Well, that, I was going to say, like, most people, like mine and Josh's generation and older, would remember Iceman probably the most from fucking Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And, like, hey, the whole hey, thing hey, was him hey, and Peter hey, trying hey. to fucking shoot Firestar, right? Hey, yeah. Hey, hey, I, I mean, Josh, you know, Brent, and Justin. At, like, the pantheon of the X-Men, you know, only ever dated women, but he's a little bit quirky. He's a little bit reserved. You've got Nightcrawler. If they had said, you know what, Nightcrawler's bisexual, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I could see it. But yeah, Iceman? But then, he then he never could have got tricked into a fucking plot where he was supposed to be the Pope. I mean, you know, but <laughs> I mean, like Iceman, it's like you don't do it with Iceman. You don't do it with Gambit. You, you don't do it with, um, you know. Angel. I mean, Angel, I, but I could see it. He was a billionaire Logan. playboy, so like, yeah, well, a, lot, yeah. a lot of the early of comics are... was he was a ladies' man socialite. Like, if there was any of the original X Men, because you needed to do it to an original, go with Beast. Yeah, and right? and that, like he never had again, a whole lot of and like, they, a prime example of why they didn't do it because they realized, you know, well, nobody cares about Beast anymore, which is sad but true. Um, you know, they, they want to take the person who has the high value when they did the Tim Drake change, all the articles did exactly what I thought they were going to do. They said, Robin is gay because what they wanted was Dick Grayson. And they knew that normies wouldn't know the difference. They'll never yep. get Dick Grayson. So they settled for Tim Drake. And now they've been trying to push Tim Drake and nobody gives a fuck about Tim Drake. Aww. And like the worst with fucking Tim. <laughs> They've been Brendan, yeah, yes. if you go, well, we didn't mean Tim Drake, we meant <laughs> my Robin Justin, <laughs> Rob Grayson, yeah. But right. no, it goes yes, down to the fact, like, if, if, you, if you take an actor who doesn't have, like, who's there, who's in the background, like, who doesn't have an established story, deep story that you can actually change and be like, hey, this guy was actually bisexual, this guy was. Gay, and then it's but like, he, okay, now you kind of gave him a depth that he didn't have before. Yeah. But taking yeah. someone who's a main character or a recognizable name just for the sake of recognizable name and be like, oh, but he's gay. And then it's like, well, what about 60 years of the written history? Oh, it's like, yeah, that doesn't really matter. Like he was gay and they was just hiding it. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. Yeah, you know, because the, goal, the goal was always Wolverine and Batman. And full credit to yeah. uh, EPS, Eve Van Skyver. You know, I, I am a, a proud member of Comics Gate. I don't agree with everything the guy says or does, and I'm pretty sure I know a whole lot more about comics than he does. But man, did he call this shit. And yeah. he's like, you know, he's like, everybody freaking out about Iceman being made gay by baby Gene, which is exactly what happened. He's like, they're absolutely right because it does not stop here. And then a couple of years later, you know, he's like, everybody freaking out about Tim Drake. He's like, it doesn't stop here. They want Batman. They want Wolverine. That's exactly what it was. And now you get articles every day when, when they changed Superman's son and made this new version of him first, you know, much older. And then he's bisexual. All the articles said, well, Superman is. And people lost their shit who didn't know any different. And then they're like, oh, it's his son. I don't care. And now you get articles saying, like, well, you know, we're ready for a black Batman. We're ready for a trans Batman. We're ready for a gay Batman. Because that's all. Well, like, they, they already, and they already <laughs> have a black the Batman. The built-in value, the built-in IP. Yeah. But like you said, where, like, as soon as you turn a character gay or black, you'll get that fucking minority that fucking that hates it just instantly. We're in a day 
an age because of Twitter, where like as soon as you say that a character is gay or black, you get a bunch of people who've never read a comic in their fucking life jump on and go, "Oh, well, this is a great thing," and with the fucking gospel. Absolutely, and it's like, absolutely. Yeah. It's and like, I'll if tell you, you how they... shut the fuck up and go away. Like, let the actual I'll fans well, so... this out. Here's the problem. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how they get away with this. You know, I'm not going to count all of us. Maybe some of us. Definitely not me. DCU uh, Batfleck, you know, there are people who love him. There are people like me who just, I, I didn't hate him. I just I hate those movies. Um, but, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, he's the definitive Batman. He was so good. Obviously, there's a fuck ton of, you know, Nolan, Dark Knight people. Uh, and then, of course, there's people like us who are still talking about, you know, like Keaton and West and Kilmer and absolutely nobody ever mentions Clooney. Mm-hmm. Now we have a new Batman. And then there's, and then there's, and then there's people like me who mention, Conroy on a daily basis. Yes, but he, it's animated, and he is gay. So, um, anyway, so now you you have the Robert Pattinson one, and you have a whole new built-in fan base for him. And when you saw that movie, you know what you didn't see? A girl. You didn't see a billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne. You saw a Bruce Wayne who was wowed by Zoe Kravitz. And he was into her, but he wasn't really in love with her. He didn't really overly give a shit about her. And she kind of dictated everything in their relationship because that's how they write men and women now. I guarantee you in the next movie, he's going to be gay. And that will already have a built-in popularity. And everybody's going to be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I really don't think they'll make him gay personally. Nah, I don't. I don't think they'll do that. If they're going to do it, they they can do it in the comic, but I don't think they'll do it in a movie. If they're gonna do it with yeah. any version of Batman, the that's goal the goal is to I do it in the movie. Most likely, the the goal is absolutely to do it in television and movies. These are the things that make the most money. The things that the most people will see. You know, yeah. Mm. But like, and that, that's the agenda. Cool. This is the best place to do it. Like, as much as I hate characters like Kamala Khan and fucking America Chavez, at least they're their own thing until they decide to give them a legacy fucking costume, right? But, like, if you're going to want, if you want to include these, like, groups of people, make new characters. Don't just be like, oh, yeah, so Batman's, Batman's black and gay now. And it's like, well, why? Oh, because we want him to be. Well, okay, you want him to be, but nobody else does. So why didn't you just create a new character? Because they know it won't sell. Well, because yeah. they want those big names. They want the fucking, they just want yeah. to take somebody else's toys, rip the head off, put their own fucking face on it, and be like, huh, it's me, see? And and now, as you've seen, when they don't sell, they literally make the villains YouTubers and they Whoa. bitch about them. I yeah. mean, like the, the new solicitation for like the last issue of Gay Superman, Bleeding Cool wrote a whole article about how Superman's son is defeated by the internet and his haters because he came out as gay. You really Jesus. think in the fucking DC universe that uh, Superman's son stepped up, became the new Superman, told people, oh, by the way, I'm gay, they would have given a fuck in the ultra-woke DC universe? No. Everybody well, in that universe Hulk. would have been like, this is the most progressive, wonderful thing ever. I clap. Look at what they did with She-Hulk. They had eight episodes of a show that went absolutely fucking nowhere with no through line, and then in the very last, second last episode, they have Doomcock show up to be like... Like, the, the most cartoonish image of what they think Doomcock says, and he you, literally wearing his mask. And it's like... I have not seen a minute of that show outside of some coverage clips, but yeah, I, I saw that, and I was like... Honestly, God, this week's episode is the only one that you was worth watching. I'm gonna just and skip it. That, quite, quite, quite even that was just because... 
even that, like, the only reason this week was good was because Charlie Cox can actually act, and he knows how to do fight choreography, which nobody else on that show can. Yeah, no, I, I rewatched seasons one and two of Daredevil, like, last year with Sarah, and I was just like, this is so fucking good, I, I don't want to watch anything Disney Plus does ever again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since, I mean, we've, I think we've firmly established now what we think of, like, the characters, but, you know, flipping it, you know, what makes a good... Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just upset that nobody story. mentioned. Uh, I'm just upset that nobody mentioned Justice League Queer and how popular that was. I mean, I think that was just like an event thing, and nobody cared. Yeah, I know, I know. Nobody that's, that's what I was saying. No, I mean that's that's a great point because anytime they do, you know, those event things, and it's like, oh, we're going to showcase, you know, minorities. Like they did a, I, I want to say it was Cinco de Mayo. I don't know. Um, you know, they they use the popular ones and then the super obscure ones, but they don't use the ones that have been around for 30 years that nobody knows about, uh-huh. you know, like um, the MCU Joey's found out that there's an Israeli superhero like a week ago. And now there's articles talking about how she's like, you know, anti-Semitic. And that's, yeah. Okay. We need to take Sabra, Sabra, whatever, however you say it. Sabra. Sabra. Her fucking, they take a character like that and say, okay, we need to make her whiter because we can't look like Gal Gadot. And then they yeah. go, oh, but Rogue, don't worry, well, don't worry. Rogue, well, it's also, well, it's also problematic to them because of who she is. She's a um, Israeli spy agent and stuff like that, and it's, it comes yeah, across very anti-Palestinian. Yeah, because yeah. it comes off anti-Palestinian, and so then that causes another problem. You know what I mean? Because they're all pro-Palestinian. Well, this is what happens when you Why pull in this really character? character from the late 70s, early 80s, you know? I like, mean, the height of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. If you're going to change her skin color, her country, her ethnicity, why are you using this character? Why not use someone else? Uh, who is Namor? Or, or, or exactly. he's, a bright, he's a bright idea. If you don't like that character's uh, background, just write a new character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Establish hey, that we, one because it's like a... literally changing a character and being like, we're gonna change everything about her, probably mm-hmm. to some degree, even her powers. And okay, it's like, well, then it's not the same character. Here's a great example of how you do a new character but give it a legacy title Justice Society from the 90s. Yeah, right. Which, oddly yeah. enough, written by David Escort, Justice Society from the 80s. Yeah, but like. If you're okay, we want to do this group. We'll keep five or six of the original characters. We'll bring in new characters, but we'll actually have them like relate to in some way to the characters we want to replace so we can actually change the story that we don't like. Mm-hmm. Right? And that worked. That was a really good comic book run. And again, this is in the era before wokeness really got to be the insidious, fucking pervasive thing that it is. But like, I don't know why they can't do that today. Like, if you want. Oh, well, instead so that's of, a great instead of making a character and being like, okay, this is America Chavez, we're going to make her her own stand-on care, and then we're going to give her a fucking legacy fucking costume and fucking name. They didn't do that. They were just like, no, here it is, and it's going to replace Captain America because he's an evil Nazi now because he's white. And it's like, stop that. Like, it, it, yeah. You can write a good character. You can no. start the foundation of a good well, character without tearing no, down. No, the yeah, 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 I think is to make it the biggest splash as they can. And writing a new character or changing it to the way they did with the Justice Society isn't enough of a splash because it's like when you actually take a character 
completely change it and just to check off the box, then it's like, then all of a sudden it's a thing. Everybody's talking about it. The Wokies well, are proud of it. And the real fans are like going like, what the hell is going on? And why are you doing this? Because well, you, you, you just said that like, it's not a big enough splash, but look at like one of the most anticipated movies of the rest of this year is Black Adam. And they're using all of the Justice Society characters that basically started in that book. Yeah, which speaking of, you know, we are getting a Jewish superhero on that, you know. Israel. Yeah. I don't know if he's Israeli, but Adam Smasher is Jewish. Yeah. Al Rothstein, if he's not, he's they're doing it wrong again. <laughs> uh, but, you yeah, know, per- perfect segue to Brendan's point about writing. Uh, yeah, I, that I feel Justin... that's the bigger thing, honestly, personally. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is something that Justin... Yeah, sorry, Brent, Brendan. Oh, wait, I think I interrupted your point. Yeah. On the Monsters and Hulu Razor podcast, um, the the short answer is they don't know how to write. They they think true. themselves better than you know classical writers. You know they 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 will not even read like books on things like Hero's Journey, uh, and because they have very gray, one sided or even just misguided morals and moral values, they write what are look objective villains and they think that these are heroic traits and this is what we see you know when we, we joke a lot about the modern the strong woman you know especially as a horror fan i can tell you there there are hundreds if not thousands of objectively strong written female characters throughout decades and decades but when you look at modern shit most of these you know strong women characters have a lot more in common with the villains they're unlikable they don't have redeeming qualities and they never do anything to change that. Um, well, if you, an example that runs the gamut of wokeness and has that very bad in it is the new Rings of Power. I was going to say, your, your uh, favorite Galadriel. Well, not even just Galadriel. Like, you think about it, Sauron. When the marketing for that, all you heard was gay, queer, representation, and, oh, I want to bang the bad guy. It, sure. When it came out, they were like, oh, it's a fucking LGBT fucking Q fucking character. And it's like, how? And then he kills one in the next movie, and they're like, oh, fuck this. Like, Jeffrey Dahmer well, right now is being what? praised as some kind of LGBTQ character, and it's like, how? Like, yeah. Well, well, that's just why it, well, society gets weirdly obsessed with serial killers, but... But it's not just with serial combo. killers. I just gave you, like, a fantasy and a comic book version where it's well, like they did the same thing, or not a comic book, a horror, and they did well, it's, it's the exact same thing every time. They relate like, to the villain. They do not Well, know I guess my question would be, like... What makes, because I feel like this even more than characters, like people will disagree on, what makes a story woke? Because not just in comics, but like I see people call, you know, TV shows, movies woke that I, I see that and I'm like, I really disagree. Like the, probably the biggest in comics, we're going to stay there is I see people call Neil Gaiman Sandman comics woke. And when I hear that, my first reaction is there's no way you've read Sandman because exactly. I, there, there's just, yeah. it's just not. Like how so, how, how can you how can right, you possibly think that like what hold on because there's there's a lot to unpack there so firstly with the Neil Gaiman thing 2022 Neil Gaiman himself is is just woke as all fuck he's one of these people who just completely corporately sold out um, for someone like me who knows the old Sandman comics who's read the old Sandman comics who's also read new modern shit and knows what things that are woke are I can say objectively if you look at the overwhelming elements and themes in Sandman comics from the 80s, they they are, by default, they are woke, but They're they have something, you know, 
there unfortunately there's no distinction for saying something is or isn't woke and then indicating its level of quality and i think that you know as a community and just in general comics gate fandom anybody just people in society we need to be able to establish one from the other because again just saying something is woke doesn't mean that it's poor quality doesn't mean it's good doesn't mean it's bad but it doesn't mean it's poor quality here's a good example and like this is my argument with john every time he says oh well star trek is woke and it's like well no not really it's progressive as Mm. fuck yes but right, he, so Sandman back in the day it would have been progressive, but he yeah. was so ahead of his time. I mean, it's shit like um, what what the hell is that other one? Uh, trans Transmetropolitan shit like that, where it was like decades ahead of its time that it was no longer progressive. It was just out now woke. It was like the grandfather of wokeness. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. But if you want, if you want to stick, if you want to stick to guy, uh, older guy, man, here's a. Uh, I didn't read the book. But when you watch the movie uh, Stardust, like you have the gay uh, pirate uh, who's played by Robert De Niro, it's like at no point does anybody care about the fact that he's gay. No, no, no. All right. So um, this is what I'm saying. It's very, very hard to explain. It's it's not just a case of, you know, character is gay, character is trans, it's it's woke. So primarily when I speak about wokeness, it's equity based. And there is a lot of character equity in those books it's not completely unearned it's definitely not bad writing but the the overwhelming themes in sandman comics i mean you know like there, there's no such thing as sexuality there's no such thing as gender everything is just completely fluid to an understanding that did not exist in the 80s and barely exists today it is I guess definitely today it's just called vogue because well, every time I, it's, uh, I, I don't know how to explain myself properly here but it's mm-hmm. almost to the point, like, as long as, uh, and this is probably going to come out sounding wrong, but as long as it's diversive, it's woke. Like, and I'm probably not explaining myself correctly. This is just where the depth of my... No, I get, I get what you're saying. Well, wrong, yeah, but as, it's as like, long as you can as throw the right hashtags yeah, on it, they, yeah. they call it woke. Exactly. Even if right. it's not. But well, it's, I guess. Like, Basically, you know, like if it disrupts me, I think the system, like Sandman, it's you know, kind of labeled uh, as woke. Well, yeah, but I mean, like with Sandman, like, I, I guess I disagree. Like, you know, Josh, you're saying, you know, it's woke because it deals with, you know, the themes of like, you know, sexuality, even like uh, transgenderism, which in the 80s, you know, who was talking about that? No, I, I no, just, no, hold on, hold on. That's not what I'm saying. That's why it's hard to explain. I'm not saying it has those themes. I'm saying it executes those themes to such a degree that everything is fluid, everything is permitted, nothing is questioned, that it's on a level of what we don't even have today in most wokey works. Like it is so objectively, definitionally, by the numbers, what today would be woke, that it is impossible to not call a Sandman woke. Yes. And another yeah, but good at example. the same time, like today's definition of woke lags to depth because like nothing that's I mean Maybe I'm stepping over a line here, but almost nothing that's woke woke today has any depth to it. Well, that's what that's what we're saying, right? There, there is yeah. no discernible. Surface level. You know, we we don't have a word to say this is woke and it's good, and this is woke yeah. and it's crap, and we need to come up with that word like real soon, especially well, if woke things are thrown away. Because, yeah. Again, like otherwise I, I think... everything's woke, but there's actually good woke stuff, especially when you well, go back. Day, right. I don't know. I, just I, like think, I, think, I think what we should. 
like the classification for something that's woke but good should just be progressive, right? Yeah. Like, like House of the Dragon, right? That one gets into a lot of things that could be woke issues, but they actually show different points of view. Like, it's not just a one-sided, this is the way I think, so this is the way it must right. be. Like, right. This is the only way well, it could be right. Yeah. Like, Brent, so, I, like, I agree with when, you. When you get to, like, the succession of females in that show, like, that mm. could have easily went way too woke. But it didn't. Yeah. It actually stayed right. just progressive and like explained the ideas from several points of view, whether they're right or not. They were allowed to be explained, and like you can kind of see where each one is coming from, whether you agree with it or not. Yeah, right? no, Brent, I agree with you. My my thing though would be like you know like going off what Josh was saying about Sam and you know it's the way it's executed. It's just like you know even by what people think of like gender, and it's ahead of even what people today think about gender. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I would kind of disagree on the fact that like why is that inherently woke i guess would be my question because so again I'm not like saying... he, the way he's exploring and like you know his personal opinions of on all those issues i i feel like i don't know like i don't see that as inherently woke i would say no, I don't know. no and again like i'd consider oh, that that, that would fall like, under the progressive because, yeah, that's the thing that we're trying to establish here. Like, I guess, like, being, being super progressive world, we also. We don't really that. have a word for being. Well, and just, like, the whole idea and of, like, I'm, just I'm gonna if give you, I'm going to give you another. I don't see that. I'm going to give you another. I'm going to give you another example. Like, I don't I know think, how. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go on the fact that he's probably woke as they get. But Rick Riordan, I don't know if you guys read any of his books because they're mostly yeah. from middle schoolers. But it's like he's throwing out like gay and tr- fluid, gender fluid characters all over the place, and at no point does that bother anybody because that's it's good writing. It's progressive. Well, it's written into it's not... the universe. He actually explores yeah. the different points of view and like exactly. It's exactly like, and even Gaiman, even that. That's I'd argue that's what Gaiman schoolers, does. But even <laughs> for like sense, middle schoolers, like... it's still not shoving it down your throat. But he's giving you a story and he's explaining it to the fact to the point where it actually makes sense. So yeah, I think I think the gaming thing because this is I think with gaming like there's a like utopian writing thing that he does where like you can more accept that like okay this is his idea and this is how he's going to write. It doesn't just feel like a narrow minded idea though. Like it's actually no, I completely, completely agree. So when I, you know when I, mean? I say like it's something that was thought and... out and he's like, if we use these ideals, we could get to this utopia. And like, you're, you're willing to throw yourself into that utopia. But like the way wokeness is, they're not building to a utopia. They just want to tear everything down. They just want right. to replace so, it with their thing. So real quick, let me just clarify because, and this will be the end for Sandman, massive Sandman spoilers, by the way. Um, <laughs> so if, if I was to say, you know, like a horror movie, has the following elements typically and i always defer to you know usually a supernatural presence doesn't have to be but a deliberately menacing presence that's trying to be you know scary or terrifying uh and then i go to things like violence kills you know nudity drug abuse alcoholism whatever and you go down the line so for if i do the same for woke i would say number one equity based unearned and there's a lot of that there's some of it's earned but a lot of it's unearned my personal opinion, because Neil Gaiman has serious mommy issues. Neil Gaiman elevates a lot of his female characters to some very unearned equity. To And it's it, again, for the times, it's well-written. For the dialogue, it's well-written. But if you look at it and you put it next to something as horribly written as Rings of Power, it is, you know, 
unassuming right. white girl is literally able to stop a dream god because she's female and then he apologizes to her. If you say that to anyone today, they're like, I can give you 50 TV shows that did that. In the 80s, this was like, you know, one of the few times we ever saw it. It was like, okay, this looks good. But that's exactly what it is. There are people literally playing around with things like period blood while talking about like, you know, gender is just a state of mind and, you know, things like pedophilia are okay. I mean, those to me are inherently, again, checkbox woke things. They just exist to such a degree in service of his stories that I objectively, it's not a qualifier. It's not saying it's good or bad. I'm on record saying for the most part, his stuff is really good back then. I can't look at it as anything but woke. That's, I can get where you're saying there, yeah. Like yeah, I said, like I think, a per- I think perfect example. Him. A friend of mine just posted it out of context panel. He likes to do this. And it's one of the girls is trying to do like, I don't know, a, a seance or a summoning spell. She gets completely naked, smears herself in period blood and done with her because she needed him there. So he goes to get undressed and she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, well, don't I have to be naked too? And she's like, no, for what? It's my ritual. That, if you look at that in, you know, anything from the last five years, entertainment wise, would be a scene right out of a wokey thing. And you'd have, you know, articles praising her, her womanhood and how wonderful she is. And then you'd have, you know, anti wokey YouTubers being like, you know, look at this crap. A woman talks down to the man and, you know, of course he's going to stare at her because she's naked. Like, what's he supposed to do, you know? Everything in in Sandman is you know like modern day woke to a T. Yeah, I can't really speak on Sandman because I've never read the book and I've never read the show yet. Go, so. go read it. It's, it's a good series. It's yeah. way better than the yeah. Netflix was. Yeah, but again, we were we were supposed to review that for Milos because he watched it, but um, I'm, I'm sorry, it, I, I just you know, never. He's never got to it. Here's what I'd be curious to get your guys' take on, because I see this isn't a comic, but movie that this is one of those ones where, again, I I disagree when people. It's kind of like the well, what what does even woke mean? Uh, I'm assuming most here have seen it. The movie Moonlight. I will see people call that movie woke. Yeah, so it was. That's another one where I'm just like, I mean, yes, the main character is a gay person. Yeah. And, like, you know, the movie is definitely about, you know, his experience as, you know, a gay man. And it's one of those where I'm like, I, I mean, if this is woke, then it's just anything that's gay is inherently woke, which I definitely well, disagree with. Yeah, no, like everything that's gay doesn't have to be woke because if it hmm. has the depth, if he has actually rights into the character. Then, like, you can totally get behind it as something that's not, you know, what has become really established way, being progressive. You, you know, what a really good way to tell if something is woke versus like just a different point of view, a diverse point of view. Does your character struggle with anything? Does someone challenge them throughout the movie? Does something challenge them throughout the movie? Because if they do, exactly. that's probably not quite woke. Right. So if Moonlight just cruises is not through, woke. never faces an obstacle they can't overcome in like that within three scenes, you're in a woke movie. Right. Moonlight within, is not within woke. that movie. There are, there are plenty of people who just see gay and black and then just yell woke. However, five years ago, they the wokies were literally like, you know, oh well if it's, you know, attention on black themes or gay themes or gay black themes, it's woke and it's supposed to be. So 
five years ago, it would have been, you know, what I would call like G1 woke, but in today's world, it's not anything woke at all. It's also, I well, didn't enjoy it. Five but, years yeah, ago. <laughs> it's crazy to think about, but it did come out five years ago. Five short. No, it did. If you remember, like five <laughs> years ago, it was only black people saying woke. It was a black thing. And they were like, you know, yo, you got to be woke, son. Well, because it, well, it started. Well, it started, started as a, a movement. Like, because I'm a woman and then it just went from there. Yeah. And it started as like a as like a uh essentially like a black Marxist type of movement. I'm not a I'm not a historian on it, but um you know I from mean, what I've right. read it's, black, it's on the same idea. Come on. Well, but I, I didn't but know yeah, there, Josh. I think he was talking to the cat. He was talking to his cat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But like it, it's not just it's not just like a black thing because like feminists weaseled their mm. way into fucking video games and caused Gamergate and that ended up being yep. the same fucking idea. Like there were several groups that like allied together and became this woke mob that you see on Twitter nowadays that just run around canceling anything that they don't think fits their utopian fucking design on the world. Like absolutely. So as an action, as a behavior, point most important. Woke is about equity. Anything yes, else is it, just a theme. It doesn't it, matter. It, it's all in service yeah. of equity or, like I said, seizure of property. It, it's equality of outcome, not equality of opportunity. Control. Very much, yes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a behavior more than anything else. As to what Brent was saying before about, you know, basically, is your character a character? Like I said, these people don't know anything about writing. They don't even know the basic tenets of a hero's journey. And they're incapable of writing characters with actual flaws. So they'll end up writing these like childish cartoon caricatures of people who, you know, they care about like Twitter insults and they care about, you know, like how many followers they have on social media because that's what these people care about. You well, know, let's there, not there let's not no, go let's not go too far there, into that because no come to Jesus things. There are no, you know, like uh, fuck Peter Parker. Um, great example. I always will give the YouTuber. He is comics gay, I believe, or comics gay adjacent. Uh, Literature Devil did a side by side comparison for Peter Parker and um, I believe Riri Williams, and then the other one, which is even better, was Matt Murdock. And Kamala Khan, because he said, you know, why don't we take Marvel's most Christian superhero, because obviously Daredevil is Catholic, versus Kamala Khan. So if you look at the first issue of Daredevil, Stan Lee, back in the 60s, uh, it's all about, you know, you get basically a flashback retelling of his origin. You find out what happened with his father. You find out how he, you know, forsook his own values a few times to take the easy way out. And every time he did, he paid for it the first time. He had a fight with his father. He got grounded. The second time, he ends up, you know, getting chemicals spilled on his eyes. Um, his father does what he has to do. He ends up dying. Matt carries the guilt. Matt becomes Daredevil. And then I believe there was, uh, I think it's the Fixer, actually, is the very first villain he ever takes out. And it happens in, like, the very last page. And because he follows his values and he's learned and he's grown as a character, even in that one short issue, you know, he's able to resolve the initial conflict obviously the character then goes on for decades and decades with much better stories and much worse stories 
if and you look all at of his first, best stories revolve around that religion, that fucking oh, well, Christian yeah, I mean, that, dogma. That's of, obviously a, a core tenet of his character. So then, in the side-by-side, if you look at the first view of Kamala Khan, she is a Marvel fanboy who is aware of the Marvel Universe. Now, obviously, in the Marvel Universe itself, everyone is aware of, quote-unquote, the Marvel Universe. We see this best in the book Marvels, which I would highly recommend. Uh, in Daredevil, nobody cared. Like, Daredevil wasn't sitting there thinking, you know, well, Namor and the Human Torch were fighting over there last week. All Kamala thinking is I want to be an Avenger how cool is, is Captain Marvel because she's an audience fan girl insert uh, there is no conflict there is no villain she ends up getting her powers from a birthright and a weird mist and like they're, they're, the conflict in the issue is can she go to a party where there's going to be alcohol because she's a Muslim girl that's a comic book and this was 10 years ago but like that that's a fucking comic book and my, my favorite line in the video is, you know, literature devil says you need a villain. You need something for people to care about because you can punch a villain. You can't punch Islam. And I laugh every time he says it because it's so absurd, but it's true. It's you know, if, true, yeah. if you're doing a like a, even a miniseries about her taking on the religion. Sure. And yes, yeah, she could still even be a superhero. Sure. But to do it as just an ongoing superhero that's basically supposed to be one-on-one with Daredevil, these things are like completely different universes. It's insanity. Well, first, I, like, I'll say that people who people who obsess over numbers and stuff like that, that's not inherently woke because I was recently watching or uh, obsessing over like social media and stuff because I was watching Ghostbusters Afterlife this weekend. And podcast is not woke. He is very concerned about his one subscriber on his podcast. And then okay, it so really picked up steam at number 46. I, I know you're making a joke, but podcast is of that generation where they value equity. That's the whole point here. And mm-hmm. because he's doing a podcast that, you know, potentially could actually lead him to financial gain and a career, even at that young an age, like he would be concerned about his numbers. Numbers are different than just, you know, followers and, and Facebook friends, unless you have, you know, you're, you're a paid influencer with sponsors and you have millions and millions of followers. If you're just like, you know, a Joey on, on a letterbox group and you have 600 friends, you know, you don't need to have the same opinion as everybody else because God forbid you didn't like the Eternals and somebody finds out about it. Also, God forbid Elysio um, finds out you don't like a Marvel product. Yeah. Well, yeah. Also, also that that chemical spill also endangered a group of turtles that were yes, in the did. sewer underneath. Him. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Yeah, yes, it did. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, so yeah, another segue. But like, and like it, when you try to fucking represent the the number of people in our worlds, oh, we need to make it reflect the real world's numbers. When you start adding that shit into a fantasy series, you're instantly ruining any lore that was already built. So unless you can create your own fucking thing, leave it out. Oh, well, so that's that's yeah. actually an even better segment than where I was going to go, because I was going to mention this before and I forgot. So thank you. Uh, well, yeah. So when they say shit like that, again, you're right. Don't change the lore. And that's usually my thing is, you know, don't change the character. Don't change the lore unless you have to. And oh, by the way, you never have to unless it's a new thing. Um, you know, when somebody does a brand new universe and like a multiverse thing and they change everything, it doesn't bother me. 
because it's a new thing and it's not trying to pretend it's the old thing and like it goes back and retroactively changes the last six years. Most people don't have a problem with Zack Snyder being given the keys to the entire DC universe. Like, well, my problem with that was that DC universe was supposed to be the canon established with the universe. Exactly. If you want to do that with just a side story of Superman Begins, like they did with that Batman movies, fine, go for it. Give it to Zack Snyder all you want. But when you're building the foundation for your entire universe, you need to build it right. And he just wasn't the right choice for it. He's he's a what if guy, not a main universe guy. Yeah, uh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The Superman from the comics definitely was snapping necks and taking names. You know what I mean? No, no way. John Byrne, baby. Anyway, that's um, well, that's true. Um, so yeah, to, to the point of you know the the numbers and the representation, they they lie. They don't know what the numbers are. They don't this care what true. the numbers are. They make up their own numbers. You know, they these people want you to think that twenty percent of the population is gay. I believe it is still 2% is, you know, either gay or bisexual, lesbian. Uh, they want you to think that like 12% of the population is trans outside it's of, really like you know, point three. Yeah. outside did of, you, did you ever see, did you ever see that, um, in elementary schools, the, the actual number right now is 0. 0.02, 0.02. Yeah. So basically, did you ever see that graph that somebody need where like what people think people are of a certain group and what they actually are? Because I've seen that one, and I think it's hilarious. Like, you know, like, for example, like, how many African-Americans you think live in America as compared to how many there actually are? And then, like, how many people are, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever, Catholic compared to how many there are? How many people are gay compared to how many you think there are? How many are trans compared to how many you think you are? Because people like, kind of will crazy. answer those questions based on their worldview. And if someone's mm. worldview is... Oh, I live in, you know, rural uh, Oklahoma and I only know like, you know, 45 white people. I'm going to think that there's a lot of white people. But if you're a little kid living in that situation and all of your TV and all of your movies is nothing but, you know, LGBTQ and then, uh, you know, minorities in every TV show and you don't see them around town, you'll think like, oh, well, I guess this is what it's like literally everywhere else. Whereas in my area. And that's the kind of thing that leads that leads so, to someone who's in such a weird but that also leads to someone who's in such a weird sheltered bubble that's like oh well I need more representation of African queens so what's wrong with me playing a black slaver thank you Viola yes. Davis well I mean that just goes to the whole you know the actual Marxist wokies are, are inherently evil but you know that's another conversation for another time um, well, that's just it. like they're so, not even willing to pick up a history book, and then they go, "Oh, I'll sign on to that." They, they just want to change the history, is what it is. And when, great, great point there. Because what I was going to say, you know, and a lot of this I put on the fans. Uh, I'm going to bring it up here, but on the Hulu Razor we did the other day, I went really hard at the fans, and I'm going to again bring that back up because I've got some quotes now. And ugh. Um, but so where this all started in the modern era, uh, I'm going to put the blame on Scream too. You know, Sarah and I just went and saw the Scream 2 25th anniversary. We did oh, not do podcast. We've done, like, you know, commentary and other shit. Scream 2 is the movie where Jada Pinkett Smith's character tells us, the audience, that in horror movies, the black person always dies first. This was not true at the time that Scream 2 came out, and it has never been true. It has not been true since, and it was never true in the decades prior. 
Um, what, you mean Jada Pinkett's full of shit? Jacques Hughes. sat down and went over like 500 horror movies trying to find examples of this, and we came up with like four. Um, you know, there are tons of horror movies where the black characters are either the main character and they survive till the end, they just survive the movie in general because typically the black characters, as other jokes actually point out, you know, they're not like white people in horror movies. They hear a scary noise and they're like, fuck they're this. The and they leave. That's what happens. Well, that's, Joe Rogan yeah. had a bit years ago. It was the two things you'll never find on a Sasquatch show. Sasquatch or black people. Yeah. Because they're not going to go in the woods looking for some kind of creepy monster that could rip them limb from limb. They say, fuck that. Leave that to the stupid white people. Exactly. Right? And um, like, it's a fair point. <laughs> What people miss is Jada Pinkett's character in the movie is written to be a basically like a Wokey. She's an obnoxious know-it-all who doesn't really know anything. She doesn't listen to her own advice, and she's just spouting off bullshit. And people have been, you know, parroting that for years. I don't know if Kevin Williamson wrote it at the time knowing that it was, you know, a farce, and he was laughing about it because now, of course, he's a full Wokey. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, equity and representation. And, you know, that was a plight. No, it wasn't. It didn't exist. Uh, Ten years prior, you had fucking Kincaid from Dream Warriors, who is pretty much still everyone's favorite character in Nightmare on Elm Street history, that people will go to conventions to see this dude. And he just, like, fucking sits there and talks about a movie he was in 30 years ago. You know, you had Candyman, like, three years earlier than that. Oh, actually, a year earlier than that with the sequel. But, but like, I mean, what really bugs me about the whole like representation argument is like, yes, everybody does deserve represent representation. But like, why are you not pissed off that they're giving you such bad fucking writing, right? Bad characters, bad stories, and saying it represents the people that it says that they say that it does. Like, you know what I mean? Like, bros. Oh well, this is to represent the gay romance, and like nobody watched it because it looked like garbage. Right, like, and everybody watched Broke and then they go, Oh, well, that's so you're just against representation, and it's like, no, people would have seen it. Everybody watched Brokeback Mountain. Well, that's the thing, like, that, made, that movie made so little amount of money, even the target audience that they said that it was representing didn't even want to see it because they knew it was fucking shit. Right, exactly. Right, and well, like, more times than not, the intended audience for this wokey shit will not support it, and we, we have a decade of financials proving that now. But that's uh, the thing, like, yeah, you know but it's going to be white people who are going to pretend, and this goes back to all the memes that you post, or, you know, consume more products, but it's actually yeah. people who complain about the Twitter warriors who do most of the complaining. They don't watch any of the stuff anyways, and yet you're well, no, they're, they're, They don't support it. They're too stupid to understand the basic economics. Every mm-hmm. time they do this shit, it just, you know, it's like we say, go work, go broke. But, like... Um, <laughs> But as far as representation, I've never, ever understood the idea of representation. I mean, I guess maybe for children, it, it could be cool to, like, see someone who looks like you if you don't regularly. But in today's world, I mean, probably since the 80s, it is impossible to find any form of popular entertainment that didn't represent every fucking group imaginable. And, you and, tell me and, from and, 80s cartoons onward that we didn't have representation for Hispanic kids, for Indian kids, for handicapped kids, you know? Yeah. The fucking Burger King Kids Club alone was more representation than anyone ever needed. Hashtag wheels. Exactly. Um, Jaws, the little Asian girl. Yeah, like... But, yeah, no, most of my, like, favorite characters, a lot of them are female. They don't look like me. 
surprise surprise you know um i like characters based on who they are and what their story is and how they're written i don't need to be another one one that bugs me about this representation shit is like they'll say if you don't have this group this person this color this fucking whatever like represented then you're racist but like is it not more racist to make a fucking like black woman try and write a white man Yes, absolutely. If they, didn't, if they didn't grow up hanging out with them or in that community to understand their values and morals, like, is that not just being racist to be like, here, you handle this? Like, um, and like, you can do that with any group. Like, on that one, I would kind of disagree because I believe writers, you know, if you're, you know, you're hired to write whatever. I don't think you have to be that thing to, I believe it was Chuck Dixon. No, and I don't necessarily well, saying that either. I think he was saying, like, you know, you shouldn't be made to just checkbox write if it's not something that you're comfortable writing about. Exactly. I mean, there if you're are not familiar, of, if you weren't there are familiar, of old white guys who who wrote, you know, female characters, and they're some of my favorite characters and and writers of all time. I mean, fucking Claremont alone, you know, you've got the X Men, most of the New Mutants, you know, everything but Jean Grey, um, you know, Kitty Pride. I mean, the the guy definitely could write female characters and they didn't sound like, you know, either Twitter blue checks or, uh, you know, teeny boppers. I mean, it was, it was good dialogue. It was good writing. Well, at the same time though, he actually used feminine traits instead of just using all masculine traits on a woman and saying, there you go. It's a strong, well, woman. that's because that's people not, know how to write characters back then. And, and, you know, fucking Claremont obviously knew things like, you know, the hero's journey. Yes. Well, that's a big thing. Like you say, writing yeah. is a big part of this. Like, but like, what I'm saying, yeah, it was basically what Josh said there. Like, it's not that I don't think these people should be able to write a different group, but like, you're lived actually. Like, and I know this gets thrown around by the wokies, but like, if you've never lived, your if your lived experience is that you've grown up in a cloistered, like all black community, do you know how white people really are to be able to write a good one? You know what I mean? Or like the same with like, if you live in an all white fucking rural community. Do you really have the right to write a black person if you've never hung well, I mean, a like, black person and never right. experienced their culture? You know what I mean? Like, right. take, take the race out of it. You know, look at She-Hulk. These are yeah. people who didn't know anything about law or lawyers or She-Hulk, or and they wanted to write a courtroom, you know, procedural, and they were like, "Oh, we had to get rid of all the law stuff because we didn't know anything about it." It's not even. It's so much worse than that, though. They literally said, "Like, we don't know how to write law." We don't know how to write fight scenes, and we can't do CGI at choreography. And it's like, okay, your character is a group CGI monster that fights bad guys while she's a lawyer. It's like, why are you qualified for the show in any way? It's like, just then don't do the show. And what did we get? We got a self-insert for a fucking jackass human being of the writer, and that's all it is, is... Oh well, Pete, my friends are getting married, and I'm not. So like, I'm super yeah. jealous. And every time I get invited as a bridesmaid, I want to steal the spotlight. But I'm the good person. Like, no, you're not. You're an asshole. Yep. Like, um, to, yeah, I mean, to a point you said like, before, you know, that I you to it. What'd you say? No, go, go, go. Yeah, go. Oh, um, so you you brought up House of the Dragon. This is going to be a, a light spoiler for uh, two weeks ago. Um, versus, you know, let's go with uh, probably the last, like, three years of The Flash and most of the modern MCU. I mean, there I posted a meme the other day. There's a directive in Marvel and Disney of, you know, like, men can't fight women physically or now at all. 
And like, mm. you know, all conflict has to be resolved in the man apologizing and them reaching a begrudging a understanding. Not, not even allowed to challenge the opinion of a woman. You're not allowed right. to question them because then you end up mansplaining and like, right. yeah. Versus so you're ending on... up with these shell characters of men and these fucking like male character traits are all being put on the women. So you're actually pushing femininity right the fuck out the window. But they oh, don't absolutely. realize I mean, it, it's hilariously, objectively, you know, actually misogynistic, actually sexist. I think it's it's hilarious because they just go back on everything they, they claim to support but so two weeks ago house of the dragon great episode i mean it's actually been pretty good throughout um, but the, the kids the kids were all fighting and um you know first the the girl hits the one of the older boys and then without thinking he just hits her right back just full-on dector yeah. and you know, it's been so long since we had seen that, that both Sarah and I were, were visibly shaken. And we had like a, you know, are they allowed to do that kind of moment? Well, yeah. Sure me enough, and my girlfriend both went, within oh, 48 hours, Within 48 hours, all of the fucking shill sites were coming out with articles, you know, crying to cancel the show because how dare they have a boy hit a girl. Have you and it's like, not grown up? They're trying to write about you know, the, the strong queens and, and how, you know, fierce their kingdoms will be. But it's like, oh, but so you don't want them to actually engage in any violence? Like, that's the reality you're pushing for here. Well, that, that is just regular reality. If you yeah. put boys and girls at like seven, eight years old, they're roughly the same size. It's not until puberty that boys get the fucking strength advantage. So, yeah, I've seen plenty of girls at that age kick the shit out of their brothers. I mean, my my absolute favorite Wokeyism this year. Um, I don't remember the movie. It was terrible. It's the one with um, uh, the the chick who's the one from Back to the Future's daughter looks just like her. Oh, uh, uh, Leah Thompson? No. Yeah, her daughter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can't remember what her name is right now. But anyway, um, she she gets like really really awful movies, and she was in one this year. Um, don't remember what it's called. I think it's like after the character's name. They put it on Netflix and then like they pulled it and they put it back and now it has a disclaimer saying warning unlikable female main character. <laughs> oh wow. That was my reaction. <laughs> I cannot wait until Marvel has to do that with Captain Marvel. Wait, what? Like that warning should be on She-Hulk. Like that absolutely should. Like, I mean, it should be on most things they've done, but like they insist that they're likable, you know. But like, okay, going back to the, like what you were saying, the kid fight on House of the Dragon, right? That yeah. happened the same week that the, like the big first fight for with Numenor and the orcs for fucking Middle Earth in Rings of Power happened, and like mm-hmm. there was so much more tension in just kids throwing rocks at each other. Like, the way it built up, like, one kid says a fucking shitty thing, another kid says something more shitty, the fucking, one of the girls gets pissed off and takes a swing and then gets punched back, and then they all jump in, like, that had regular, that had old school, like, and then, and then he got, like, like fucking nice of tension, right? But with the fucking Lord, with the uh, Rings of Power, that was so poorly written that, like, none of the fight choreography made any sense like scene to scene like there was no through line like it didn't tell you the fight story you know what i mean like it was just cut spots in a fucking battle and like it was just it was yeah like it's amazing how much better writing can be if you just push that woke shit aside and again house of the dragon does have some very progressive ideas on like succession between male and female right yeah 
three of your main characters is a queen, a princess who's supposed to be queen, and a princess who got screwed out of being queen. Yep. And all I mean, of them one of those princesses, uh, you know, proposed an open marriage, and her husband was gay. I mean, that's pretty progressive. Well, that was again, again, that like that. Could- it's into like how these political marriages would have worked back in a medieval setting, right? If you had to put wokeness in there, it'd have to be the woman's idea and she'd have to be marrying just for love. It would never be for a political reason, even though that's what you did back then. Right? No, wokeies are anti-love. It's all about just, you know, lust and conquest. And that's why, like, again, like, House of the Dragon is a good example of, like, the difference between, like, a progressive writing and an overly woke writing. Yep. Right? Because, like, again, with House of the Dragon, you've got 30 different characters. They've all got a completely different point of view and a different goal, and they kind of explain everyone enough that you're like, okay, they all kind of fit in the gray area, but you understand the motivations from everybody. It's not just, okay, here's our main character. She's a strong female, so she can never be challenged. She can never be fucking never face a fight that's fucking above her, never have a fucking moral question, never have her ide- ideology question, have her struggle within herself. None of that. Yeah. Like, it's just, she's right all the time, and anybody that comes up and talks to her is either an asshole or an idiot. Yeah, and it's proof yeah. that, uh, hey, even even when these franchises are just dragged through the mud, they can recover. I mean, who would have oh, yeah. thought, you know, House of the Dragons got, what, like 20 million people watching? And that's the thing. like that disastrous final season. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, and like everybody's, it, it's it's a it's an apt comparison because they both ran at the same time, and they're both kind of like you've got the Lord of the Rings that like okay, the Hobbit movies weren't great, but they were tolerable enough. That comes out with a TV show, and you think everybody would be clamoring for it because they really hadn't fucked the franchise completely. Game of Thrones comes out with a prequel show, which you think is going to be garbage because we saw how bad they fucked that show up, <clears throat> Game of Thrones, in the first place. And Mm -hmm. now, like, watching the fans, like, nobody was looking forward to either one, really, because in today's day and age, you automatically assume, ah, this is going to go bad. Mm -hmm. But, like, week by week, as House of the Dragon isn't doing anything, like, completely egregious for, like, super wokeness, you're getting more and more people, like, yeah, I I remember why I like Game of Thrones, and, like, you're getting that. Exactly. Yep. It's building naturally. It's not like they're forcing, like... They're not doing this stupid marketing tour where they're just trying to throw up a shit shield. Like, they're like, okay, here's fucking Matt Smith and Patty Considine doing an interview. That's our marketing. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, they didn't yeah, there sit was there no... and, oh, well, we need this kind of representation and this kind of represent and this kind of represent. They didn't do that. With Lord of the Rings, that was all you got. Rings of Power, that's all you got. Right? Like, it, and at no point, dragon, at no point, I mean, throw up and a it's, a, it's an apt comparison. Because Amazon does both shows, and then you see, like, the big difference between the two. And then you also go into Whoa. the fact that Amazon had... Uh, House, basically... House of the Dragon is HBO. Oh, yeah, true. Sorry, don't know why I went there. But basically, with, oh, no, the, uh, with the Amazon show, it's like they blocked uh, people from reviewing the show because it was bad. Then you want to mm-hmm. go back to uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Diary of a Mad Black Woman, where basically they came out ahead of time and said like if you don't like this character you're like you're racist well again that that's throwing up shit shields because they know the product they made is garbage and they can't justify it they're not going to win people over by how it's written so they just start throwing their shields up 
Well, now now we get to the core of the issue of how is this so pervasive? How does it work? Because if you look at it, it does. We're still talking about it. It's still happening. But anytime there's something that's, you know, like super woke, like uh, there was a horror movie called They Them. I watched it. I know like 14 other people who watched it. It wasn't overly good. It wasn't anywhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. But, you know, the people you think would be giving it all of the attention silence because they don't want anything that's out of their control you know this shit goes back to all the popular media goes back to the people now running rotten tomatoes and how they're running it and suppressing of reviews amazon all your fucking shill sites for the comics you've got cbr you've got bleeding cool um you know you've got 125,000 youtubers well, yeah, there's all the YouTube channels, you know, there's the fours, the against, and then, you know, things like Collider that have just been, you know, pounding the pavement on this shit for years. Most of it has been taken over by either fake fans or anti-fans. People just outright don't know and don't care. Um, I was giving you guys an example yesterday. I went to see the new Terrifier, uh, which well, I think Brendan's going to see it. We'll talk about it because I need somebody to talk to this movie. Uh, anyway. Um, you know, beforehand they do the Maria Menounos thing with, with, uh, movie and she had on some girl who had to be between like, you know, 17 and, and 20. I don't know. I don't remember what her name was, but she was some influencer. And they said that she came out as, you know, LGBTQ. Okay, fine. That's great. And, oh, she's like this huge geek girl. Okay. So they're like, you know, you wear a Spider-Man costume on your, on your TikTok or your YouTube channel. We're going to give you some really simple villains and you tell me which ones were in Spider-Man movies. And, you know, she just started rattling off like the most mainstream generic villains, Green Goblin, Mysterio, Electro. And then she would throw in things like the Joker, Lex Luthor, Sinestro and the Shredder. This girl got two right. Now you could say, all right, well, you know, it was a pre-taped segment. Maybe she was young. She was nervous. She forgot. Maybe. Or maybe she just didn't know. And, you know, the point is she gave like a six minute impassioned speech about her activism and her LGBTQ and the nerd geek girl fan community and how important it is to nerd geek girl comic book fans. And then she didn't know shit about comic books. Or and then when you start books. asking the actual nerd questions, they freeze up. And yeah. I mean, that's always how it goes. Um, and what I when I went into hard on on the Hellraiser thing, I was like, you know what? The movie was actually better than I expected it was going to be. You know, everybody for for months, as soon as they announced the new Pinhead, they were like, oh, it's going to be the best movie ever. It's well, it's progressive, blah You know, sure. I've seen all the Hellraisers. For the most part, they're not great. So I was like, all right, as long as it's better than like the bottom three, and it was surprisingly. Um, it would have been even better than that, but they didn't stick the landing, and we, we covered that in the review. My whole initial issue and rant was on the quote-unquote fans, because I, I've now had the theory confirmed that I had with Halloween Kills, and I've since confirmed that one. Um, they've never seen the movies that they claim to hate, you know? So the And what I, blows my mind, and I, I still don't know where they, they come from, how all the NPCs get the same fucking data update at the same time, because they say the same shit, different groups, different people, same words. Uh, it could be memes, it could be, you know, copy text, whatever, but they all have the same marching orders. So this one, it's, you know, this it's is the because... best Hellraiser since the original, and it's better than all of the sequels. And I, I went into the whole it... thing, and I, I had Justin watch the second one. The second one yeah, it's not for everybody. It's it's over the top. It's fucking weird as shit. 
But if you like that kind of shit, and if you're watching Hellraiser, you likely do. It's like top 10 all-time horror movies for me. It's fucking, it's a masterpiece. And the first one is also a masterpiece. This one's better. So I'm like, anybody saying this, they couldn't have seen the second one. Well, what I found out is they not only didn't see the yeah, second well, don't, one. Don't include me. It, most of them hadn't seen the first one that they're saying, oh, this is the best movie since that. So, you know, all this is is a campaign to promote the new one. And it's like, well, why are you doing this? What is your investment? Why do you care? And they did the same shit with Halloween. And they do the same shit with whatever's popular. And it's, you know, it's literally the the Orwell thing. We see it in fandom. We see it in culture. It's, you know, there there is no history, just the last perpetual five years. Mm. And just keep keep tearing down history, keep tearing down tradition, anything Which that, is, that lasting appeal that matters to people, because then you can constantly control the ever-changing narrative. Which is hilarious in a fucking industry that literally lives on the 30-year cycle. Well, not only that, it's like you're in a fucking horror fan community. Like, why are people arguing about Hellraiser sequels? That's not a thing that should be happening. You know, people, when they came out, they didn't fucking care. You know, they, they just either they watched them or they were like, this isn't for me. And that was it. But, you know, people were like, oh, this is, you know, this is a reboot. And so they're they're all saying... You know, it's a reboot. It's not. It's literally just another sequel. And if anything, it's a remake of Hellraiser 6. And they're like, oh, and it's it's so true to the novel. It's not. I've, I've read the novel. This has absolutely nothing in common with the novel, plot-wise, character-wise, anything. Well, it's because I, a lot of the I times... I called it a reboot on our uh, plot description, so oh well. <laughs> a lot of the times, it's it's a Pavlovian response. It's a dog whistle, right? They see this word, this word, this word, and... Nowadays, it's all the woke words, the fucking, oh, queer representation, oh, LGBT, trans, like, anytime they see those words, it doesn't matter whether they've seen anything before, this is the best, because there's my dog whistle words, I have to jump on and join that, or else my team's gonna go against me, and I know what we treat people like when they're against us. Right, but, so, like, again, it only seems to work in large, large, popular, already established IP fan bases. But then when they get too stupid, they fail and people leave. We saw it with Star Wars. We're seeing it with Star Trek. You know, Star Trek seems to be rebounding with Strange New Worlds. But I would argue that all the Joeys that came in with the Abrams movies, with Picard, with Discovery, they're not sticking around for Strange New Worlds. They're not talking about it. There's no coverage for it outside of people like you who actually like Star Trek. Exactly. It's the same thing that happened with Beyond. Yeah. Um you know, so like with Halloween, like supposedly the, the new one that's coming out at the end of the week, uh, the leaks are all true and it's going to be on the disappointment level of Game of Thrones season eight. As a fan of the Halloween movies that got erased by this bullshit, I'm fucking elated. I can't wait. Sarah's upset because she's just a, a Halloween fan in general. I'm not. And, um, you know, she's like, well, that really sucks. We put all this like time and investment into it and we gave them a shot and you know, they're going to fuck it up. And I was like, well, that's that's what these people do. They can't write shit. But, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek, now MCU, like, you know, so people claim that they want it to be woke. But then when it gets too woke and it actually bleeds and you can see it actually bleeding, then it's like, oh, well, I guess, you know, it was a problem, but let's blame the fans. And that's what they're all doing now. But like, But that's the pervasive part of it, like wokeness. It, it weasels its way into a franchise. 
it pushes out the people that actually pay the money to support the franchise for the last 30, 60, 40, what years, whatever, like Doctor Who would be a 60-year one, right? Star Trek would be like a 60-year one. Like, they push out the, the, the fan, the actual fans that support it, and then they lose interest when there's no one to argue with. Because right, but, and, and, and then mean, everyone sees how fucking garbage this shit is. It's like every Marvel Disney Plus show, huge praise on the first week. Once the fucking actual fans of this stuff that le- like kept Marvel alive through the '90s bankruptcy, once they leave, there's no one for these woke idiots to fucking argue with. There's no dog whistles being thrown up. So then, it, by the time you get to the last episode, they don't talk about it. Right, but so like if the CW Batwoman fails. Nobody cares. People laugh. But and it is. if Star Wars fails, and it is, and it has, mm-hmm. this should be a huge fucking deal. Like, they built a theme park based on the sequel trilogy that, that, that nobody went to. And and a really expensive hotel that nobody went to. Like, they're losing money that's, on that, it. That's because you have an idea yeah, because you have... who doesn't care what they make. They just want their message across. And it's that. I mean, and, I, and I get that on, like, whatever insanity, yeah, you know, the puts them in the creative the end, but on the profit end, like, when does this shit end? Because none well, of like, about it. How many of those franchises that are completely fucking ruined and are being ruined are all because of bad robot people? J.J. Yeah. The idiots like, running rings about. Well, with, with Star Wars, like, financially, I mean, is it, like, dying because i mean yeah everything i've heard those disney plus shows i mean of millions of people are watching them i thought yes i mean there's there's no every time you know either leaks or supposed real numbers come out they're always like you know much lower than expectations and okay excluding just like whatever financial revenue they make off of the disney plus shows they don't get the side sponsorships to throw in money into the pot like an Avon fucking Star Wars makeup brand because they don't advertise for these things. They don't get the fucking M&M's money because there's no commercials in these things. You know what I mean? I mean, they're they're never going to get Force Awakens money. They're never going to get not, Last Jedi money again. They're not selling nearly the volume of books or comics that they used to in the old expanded universe. They're not. Yeah, selling there's there's near, no toys anywhere. Like, they're not selling nearly as much merchandise. Star Wars toys everywhere. Right. So even if the Disney Plus model is successful for viewers, it's not drawing in all this side money the Star Wars used to draw in because the fans would buy anything with the Star Wars logo on it. Right. And now look well, at the MCU. I mean, now, now, well, nowadays, you're going to have movies that have money. shitloads of profit. Yeah, but the thing is, like, when you're looking at it, as you brought it up before, it's like when, when you change your basically ideology. To fit to Joey's, what you do is when you push out the real fans, you're basically pushing out the paying people because the real fans exactly. were the ones who spent the money on the basically all the toys they could get. And it's like, oh yeah, and I could take pictures of my room. For, like, yeah, when you take when you push out those fans for the sake of ideology that you're trying to push, you're stuck with people who praise you for the ideology, but they're not going in to see the movies. They're not going to go buy the toys. So you basically and push yeah, the like, way to be, in a word, woke, which right well, now, now, well, know, nowadays you basically make toys for adults. You don't make toys for kids, really, because kids don't really play with toys. So yes, you're essentially just making is, toys for adults. Yes, but the adults that have spent the money since they were kids back in the 80s and 90s on, let's say, use Star Wars as example, right? They're They're being pushed out. They're literally like yeah. the characters they loved are being treated like shit or made to be assholes. 
the characters they don't give a flying fuck about are sitting on the fucking shelves, like just warming the pegs. Like I could go into my, one of my Walmarts right now. Like it's a half hour away. I could take pictures. One of them is literally, there's still six of that, the black girl from the, the uh, rise of Skywalker. Obi one. Oh, no, the rise of Skywalker. The, the one that, yeah, Finn, yeah. that gets Finn's whole story. <laughs> there's her, there's uh Carrie Russell. And there's somebody else from that movie, and they've been sitting on that shelf fucking for literally four years now. Nobody wants yeah. the new characters, and they're they're pushing out the people who want to buy the old stuff, and they're not making the old stuff because they're not. It's not financially fucking feasible right now because when they push out a Riva toy, it sits on the shelves forever, so they don't end up with the tooling budget to make a whole new toy as quick as what they would if they just do the characters people want. Right, even as bad as the prequel trilogy was, you had all kinds of background Jedi. You had thirty-five different fucking colors on the armor for the clones. People bought that shit. Oh yeah, they don't. Well, buy even when you, stuff. yeah, even right. when you go to like the theme park stuff, um, even when you go to the theme park stuff, you still go in. Um, you go like to the other parks. You don't really worry about like the Star Wars stuff. You know what I mean? So even if they put the money into the Star Wars stuff, you know, you still have you know, all the other parks that they make money off of, so they don't care if they lose money on a Star Wars thing. Yeah, but like I said, like, for the three or four avenues that they may have increased the revenue stream, they've closed off seven that they used to make money off of, like, literally free money, just... Yeah, I mean, do you realize how profitable Star Wars could have been for them if it was on the quality of even just the prequels or even just the fucking Clone Wars cartoon? Well, that's just it. Like the only reasonably new merchandise that have sold were Jedi Fallen Order. They did three or four toys for that. They sold fast. Uh, Rebels sold relatively well, and anything Mandalorian sells. But everything else is literally peg warming because it's either like fucking oh ceremony Luke from Yavin. Nobody fucking cares about that one. Like from has... from Last yeah. Jedi until. Rise of Skywalker, we were facing a new Star Wars story every year for the next nine years. They shut down every single one of those movies. There are no Star Wars movies on the horizon right now. Yeah, and like four yeah. of them got reworked into being Disney Plus stuff that, again, yeah. you don't get the marketing revenue from because you're not getting Avon saying, hey, we'll give you $3 million to let us put Star Wars on our makeup to sell it to people. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're not even making these movies. Like, you know, all that potential profit is gone. I mean, like, they're they're going to be hurting real soon. And now I know, I'm waiting for my baby. But they're going to shotgun a bunch of Avengers event films, and they'll probably make a shitload of money off of those just from people hoping to finally see something good again. Well, that's just it. Like, how how much of the wave, like the Phase Four Marvel stuff, do you really think they're going to be able to make toys and sell in full waves the way they would ten years ago with fucking like the Iron Man movies? Well, I mean, toys they would have come out before they did come out before the movies or with the movies. So, I mean, that's already done. But I'm saying, even like if these movies didn't do all that well, they've got a Black Panther around the corner that probably has a built-in, you know, one point two billion. Uh, and then after that, they just pushed everything back because I think they're going to just try to think that's you know, make people want to go. And they're releasing a glut of movies in late 24 and 25, and they're just doing Avengers event movies again. But okay, like the next, I think, 
the next line that's supposed to be hitting store shelves for like toys, right? Is going to be like Moon Knight fucking TV stuff, She-Hulk TV stuff, and Miss Marvel TV stuff. Like, well, nobody's going to buy any stuff that nobody watches. People will buy Black Panther two stuff. Uh, The Black Panther two stuff is already out, and like, you've Mm. already got most of those characters that they've put out in Black Panther two logos already out from Black Panther 1. So it's like, what's the point in buying it again? There's diminishing return on your side hustles, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right? You might make break even with box office numbers, but like, it's all those tie-in fucking contracts that you're not getting anymore that's going to actually fucking hurt a lot of these companies. And like, yeah, it's it's because you're pushing out the people that would normally consume those products because you're calling them racists or misogynists or homophobes and all because they're saying, you know, you wrote a bad thing there. Oh, well, you hate Rose Tico. Fuck you. Get out. All right. Yeah. They get to say, okay, see you later. They leave. I don't want to be called a fucking racist for it when I'm not. And then when they don't support the brand, they go, oh, well, it's dying because of the fans just don't care. It's like, well, no, I mean, fans care. I'm just giving up on anything that doesn't want me. And I've pretty much just walked away. I mean, I I was ready to walk away on House of the Dragon every week. I was like, you know, yeah. if it's going to do what Game of Thrones did, I'm done. Oh, you, you were very yeah. skeptical up until like the last two weeks. And you're like, you know what? It might actually be I, I mean, okay. I'm, like, I'm still, no, like, like Mahler said. I'm, I'm for the worst, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for the finale. And, you know, <laughs> hopefully they stick to landing for the season. And hopefully they don't fuck up next year. If they don't, I'll keep mm-hmm. coming back. If they do, I'm yeah, gone. You sound like. You sound like me on my uh, on the Strange New Worlds pods. <laughs> well, you're literally saying you're going to follow meritocracy. If it's worth watching, you'll yeah. watch it. If it's not, you won't. And that's well, that, and I'm not the biggest fan of that book. Just... So, I mean, the show for this one has definitely been better. For Game of Thrones, it would go back and forth, but for this, I mean, this is way better than the book. Um, but yeah, no, my thing is with all the other shit. I just I, I walked away. I'm done. I haven't bought new comic books. Probably. Uh, Probably since they aged up Superman's son, you know, I was sticking with Marvel with the X-Men and then I don't like Hickman. Anything he did, I was just done with DC. They made some questionable moves. I was like, all right, I'm done with that. You know, I'm buying old stuff. I've been buying like the epic collections of like the 60s and even the 90s Um, with movies. You know, I'll, I'll watch like mostly just like new horror movies. I mean, I've barely seen non-horror movies this year. It hasn't been a lot of movies this year. And, uh, you know, I, I watched Dr. Strange two online and I hated even doing that. So, yeah. you know, like my thing is I just, I'll walk away until it all goes away. But I mean, you know, at what point does the, uh, crash and burn come? Because at I can wait until 2027. At, at what point does the franchise, that. at what point does the franchise become insolvent? Like how, how much can you displace the fans and still keep buoyancy with your profits? Like, right? Like, you, know, you like, look again, at, they like, keep saying, like, oh, they're going to try to be making a new Friday the 13th. And I'm like, please don't. I, I don't want, you know, Wogey Jason. <laughs> I don't need to see that. Jones. Give us a Jon Snow. Yeah. I don't want it. But yeah, that's uh, that's about the size of it, I guess. Like, you know, once the. Once they're gonna, the they're gonna change his face from uh, the favor of the Joey's, then then the shit will end. But right now, they can keep them because they still have the most popular shit that the Joey's care about. Well, that's that's a whole different conversation. Brand loyalty, right? Yeah, they're gonna change Jason's face from uh, William Shat- Shatner to somebody more woke. That was Michael Myers. Oh, 
or whatever. It's probably going to be crazy. Eagles or something. <laughs> Although William Shatner probably did. And this is why you have me on your horror podcast. You know it. Jason is a, is a mongoloid, which is a, a very uh, offensive term now, apparently. And uh, his face is, is just, like, horribly deformed. Michael Myers is a normal dude who wears a William Shatner mask. But fairness sake, William Shatner probably did. Oh, right. That's right. Jason's the one with the hockey mask. Okay, gotcha. Sorry. But Shatner probably did play hockey when he was young. So, I mean, maybe it's a fucking Shatner mask. I mean, you know. Now, if anything, they'll go with, like, Michelle Nacho's mask. Is anybody there? Uh, yeah, I didn't hear that one. No idea um, who that is. I, I Nichelle Nachos. Yeah, who's that? Nichols. Nichelle Nichols. Oh, Uhura. all right. They'll just switch it from Kirk to Uhura. <laughs> Fuck. I was like, I was like, who is Michelle I, Nachos? I don't know why. I just turned. turned I, I was like, why does the name sound familiar? But I can't connect it up. <laughs> I think I think I mixed Uhura and Electra together. I think so too. Yeah, because I I think uh, Electra's last name is like Nachos or something, right? Yeah, that's what I did. Uh, Brent, Brent tried making a uh, blackface joke and went south of the border instead. Hey, at least I didn't call her Karis Honors. Yeah, well, <laughs> Karis. Hey, hey get out of here. <laughs> What what did you say? I made I made a mistake on the Hocus Pocus one. Was it Doug Jones or like uh, Doug, Doug Jones. Jones or something? Yeah. And it's funny because you yeah. said that, and that, and then fucking like twenty minutes later, later Sarah said it, and I don't know if she was making fun of you or if she just slipped too, and it was like <laughs> hilarious. Doug yeah. Jones, yeah. But yeah, like, I, I, I don't know. I think the whole point of these, like, long chat pods is just so we can kind of define what we mean when we say, like, wokeness. In well, we have to because, you know, so I'm, I'm in a, a horror group that's pretty prominent. I mean, I've been kicked out of most of the other ones anyway. But, like, the, the head admin who himself has a YouTube channel and he's done a lot of videos, like, saying, you know, things are or aren't inherently woke because they were making fun of movies that he, you know, he cared about. Um, he made a, a fucking like group rule. He's like, no one can even say the word woke anymore. And it's like, okay, well, if the movies are supposed to be, and like the idea is to debate the movies, like, why would you silence conversation to that degree? And the answer is because they don't know how to defend it and it scares them and they don't want people thinking low of their thing they put value I, in. It's not they even are just that, it's not even so much that they don't know how to defend these ideas it's oh they, they have no idea how to defend these ideas brent they well, have they, no I, idea they don't i know I, that's a part of it but like most of the time they don't even understand these ideas right like they, they literally they don't want to have a conversation because they might have to actually think critically for themselves and like right. they don't want to do that they just want to be okay show me what to consume and i will consume like so for example literally we're, we are literally living and they live one of, one of the big arguments was the movie Prey, which, of course, we covered. And, you know, there is a, a split amongst people who have seen it, whether it's woke or it's not. I said that it has woke tendencies, but it's it's she's not a Mary Sue because, you know, the plot has to fall over itself to keep her alive. And yeah. I, I posted I mean, the side-by-side clip of, you know, Dutch is almost fucking killed by a single backhand from a predator. She's full-on slam to the ground by one. She should have exploded. She's like 80 pounds. Yeah. She should have fucking exploded. That is how powerful a predator is. 
was that when they're, like, uh, they're like, you know, Dutch had the same thing happen to him. I'm like, no, Dutch got backhanded and that almost killed him. And those are two different things. Yeah, but what then he fell from like a 70 foot tree and it hardly phased him. So, yeah. but yeah, no, I mean, like they, they can't defend these things. They, if you call them out on it, they take it as a personal attack. It's like, you know, me pointing out bad writing is not a personal attack. When I write things and people point out flaws or I go over it fucking 16 times and point out my own flaws and I literally make notes where I make fun of myself and write things like, you know, do better, as they say, but I actually mean it. And I'll be like, you know, you, you mentioned this thing here, but it doesn't come back around then. We read three things before this to find out a way to put it in. Like, that's all you need. Another draft, another read through, another set of eyes. But no, everything they do is wonderful and can't be questioned. Yep. Yeah. And like, again, like, it's it's the same thing with the writers as it is for the characters. Like, anybody that challenges them, they fucking drag them through the media, call them all the fucking worst names in the book, and say, oh, you don't need to listen to them. And then they get away with doing the most garbage fucking one-note stories because anyone that challenges them gets canceled. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. again, it's very... <laughs> Like, it gets into every fucking, I watched a crawl through fucking atheism, fucking gaming, comic books, movies, television, and politics, like, all within the last 12 years. Right? And every, every aspect that it gets it's like Hydra. Every, basically, every time you cut off one head, fucking six more grow. Like, yeah. like it gets in there. Well, you cut off the head, tomorrow they get space. It's it's just such a self-centered ideology because it'll go into any fucking aspect of life say, no, 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 everything is wrong, you have to do it my way, even though their way is completely fucking terrible and you're not even allowed to say, like, hey, can we use some of your way and some of our way to find a middle ground where we can all kind of be happy? They go, no, no, it has to be my way, 100% my way, or else you're the bad guy. Yeah. And that's why also, it's they, they also don't want to have conversation like- either. And that's why it's hilarious when you see these idiots that are, like, on their side and going against, like, people like us fucking six years ago, kicking us out of groups because we dare fucking say, hey, this movie is kind of shit. Oh, well, you must just be a racist. <laughs> like, boom, gone. Right? But In then, my like, came to fame, but... I was kicked out of the original official letterbox group boom, on post. Facebook because uh, I was, before Last Jedi came out, there were articles speculating that Holdo was going to be, like, the first openly gay character. And at the time, I knew it meant, like, you know, they wouldn't actually do anything. Maybe they'd be like, you know, she likes girls, and that would be it. She'd hold someone's hand. That was as far as it would go, and they would easily be edited out for the audience. And I said, you know, they have been, you know, LGBT (laughs) characters for fucking decades, since the 40s, definitely since the 60s. So they, they were calling my bluff, and they were like, you know, all right, well, give me 10. I gave them 10. They said, give me 100. I gave them 100. I gave him 100 movies, I gave him 100 characters. That pissed them off, they kicked me out. Yep. Because yep. Well, what like, they uh, wanted was they didn't, they, you know, every, every time they would change the goalposts, it didn't count, it didn't count. What it was, was they wanted it to be in Disney movies. They wanted it to be in popular shit that people cared about. Think about it. Even even stuff not even, like, that far back. Like, in the 90s, they're trying to cancel, they're trying to say... Like this or that, like for example, friends. Like friends, they're trying to be like, oh, why were there any black main characters? And then even Dude, something, not even the nineties, not even the nineties, but like The Office. 
the, the office, like people love the office. All these kids love the office. It's like There's the office wouldn't even be able to be made. There's two or three episodes of the office now that you can't watch the original cut of because they've had to cut scenes out because they thought it was inappropriate. They were afraid mm-hmm. the fan backlash oh, was going to get the whole thing pulled, so they went back and self-censored themselves. Yeah, they um they took out in um the White Krampus Christmas. Episode. They took yeah. out yeah they took out um the his uh buddy there um I forget his name but he's yeah. he's like his little henchman when he owns the building. Yeah, um, he's in blackface, and, and then like he's in blackface. Yeah, they didn't remove him from the scene at the end when they're all sitting around eating the cake. So like he's got yeah, like, black blackface, and it's like what the fuck happened there? Like it's <laughs> it's totally unexplained now. So you literally made your show yeah. worse retroactively by trying to pander to this. I'm waiting for them to. I'm waiting for them to change uh, the the words in the other Christmas episode when uh, Phyllis wants to be Santa Claus, mm. and Michael comes out of his office and he's like. Well, I'm the real Santa. Who wants to go sit on Trinity Claus over there? I'm like, yeah, this is going to get canceled. But, like, this is why, like, every year when someone says, oh, well, could you make a Mel Brooks movie now? It's, like, the answer is getting further and further into the no. Like, I mean, my answer will always be, sure, you know, don't censor anything. If you want to self-censor yourself because you, you think something is over the line, you do it, you know? If you want to do dark comedy, do dark comedy. I don't care. Like, I'm not one of those people who's going to watch something that I laughed at when I was, you know, six or 16. And it wasn't because of, you know, my age or my maturity level. It was because of the joke itself. If it was funny then, it's still funny now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. It's weird. Like, you can look at people's careers, like, people like Kevin Smith who started out like he wasn't like the edgiest of guys, but he did use raunchy humor. He he talked like a normal person in his dialogue when he'd write it. And he built a fan base on being that guy, the Judd Apatow 10 years before Judd Apatow. Right. Well, so all these then, people, my theory is now, they're not really woke. They're terrified. I was because they know that, that they could mm. be canceled at any second for any well, of the past that they've done. Every movie Kevin Smith made while he was successful was under Harvey Weinstein. As soon as Harvey Weinstein, all that came out about him, which, yeah, okay, squicky fucking shit if it's all true, right? Yeah. Like, Kevin Smith went into panic mode. He said, oh, fuck, I better fucking play to this crowd so I don't get cancel culture because I worked with that guy. And, it's and like, that's what a lot of them... And then now look at Clerk 3. And now he's afraid to make those, like, somewhat edgy jokes, that those fucking poop humor jokes, like... He took on the Catholic Church with dogma. Like, he literally yes, he did. did. And, like, they were mad, and he stood his ground, and he actually made a pretty decent movie. Like, the way he pokes fun at Christian dogma, Catholic dogma, it it, it works. Like, it's probably Kevin now, Smith's actually best written movie for plot, right? But and now, now you have so Clerks afraid, 3. But now he's so afraid to do anything like that that you're getting shit like <laughs> Clerks 3 or fucking... Rats two that's coming like I mean I feel like with those He-Man the problem isn't that like, they're not raunchy the problem is just that like the writing fucking sucks like yeah you're getting like, yoga hoses like his, his, his latest movies I, I I don't watch them and think ah where's the raunchy stuff of the old Kevin Smith I'm just like man this this is not, not funny. and, and, I, and I, I don't even think they're woke they're just like bad no, but that is a sense of a form because of he's writing out of fear. He doesn't even yes. want to try to mm, take yeah. a single risk. Well, that's All just he's, he's doing he's... is member berries of his own shit checkboxes, 
and his weird, you know, midlife crisis. I'm, I'm old and I'm sad. And nobody cares about me anymore. And that's literally Clark's wants story. To tell a joke. He's terrified to even try. Yes. Yep. Like, and that is Clark, like it's self censorship. It's self censorship because he's always like, thinking like, "Oh, I can't make that joke because it'll piss this group of people off," or "I can't make that joke because that'll piss this group of people off." And it's always trying to appease one side. It's never like, "Hey, maybe I should just make this for the fans that were fans for twenty years." Yeah, but. <laughs> Hey, Clark's wait, listen, we're literally uh, him like taking a heart attack. Out. Yeah, I think. All right, I think we're gonna wrap it up yeah, anyway. I, I think yeah. we probably were soon, but so this was fun. Yeah, uh, we're, we're almost on two hours actually. Yeah, yeah. We're getting, yeah, a long one. Yeah, but, good. but like <laughs> I said, like with these long form chats, the side chats, whatever we're gonna call it, like this, this is what I want to do. I just want us to be able to define what we mean when we say like. Uh, that's kind of woke garbage, like, because most yeah. people hear that and they automatically think their definition. So, like, with these long yeah. form ones, I like the fact that we can actually kind of be like, well, this is my opinion of it, and this is why I don't like it, or what can go right with it. Like, this is the difference between diversity and just fucking wokeness. Like, yeah, right? and I mean, it also, yeah. yeah, it also helps that we all kind of have like not really different definitions, but we all have yeah. different ideas. Of what it means. Well, I mean, that's and just it. so like, when, when like, like Brent says it, it means one thing, and I say it, it means another thing. You know what I mean? Like it's like we're yeah, kind so of like putting it on the table of what we to know see what it. each other mean. Mm. Yeah, like it's good for us to just like be able to clear it up and know what we mean. So it's not like I say woke and John goes oh, but Star Trek. Like you know what I mean? Like mm. it's like well, yeah. you know, Star Trek in a way you could say it's woke, but I, I again I view that more as like a progressive, not a woke. Like. Yeah. So, like, it is it is good for us to do these, like, longer form ones, and I, th- I think we've got an idea here that can work, like, depending on what topics we actually go into, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, really yeah, yeah. It's easy to just sit here and be like, ah, fuck this, <laughs> this is garbage, this is garbage, but, like, yeah. We I, could I literally have a... Out. Yeah, we could literally have a whole B-Sides chat thing about what has become of different franchises, like Star Trek. We could have, like, a whole like discussion on you know is michael an actual good character or was she just created to fill you know check boxes you know what i mean let's go around the horn i want to yeah. yeah right and like and even in this like brand loyalty that could end up being a really good discussion like mm. when no, people see star wars see, think oh i have to spend money because it says star wars right like yes a consumer mm. mindset yeah, I mean, like, think of, and, think yeah, about it. Like, and it goes, and it goes, it goes into the fact that with five of us, like, while we do have similar opinions and we actually agree on most things, it's like we still have vastly different ideas of facts. It's like, and that's yeah, just, like, just five we people all... repeating each other. It's okay, actually I'll, I'll go next because I have the official definition. And that's just it. We all live in like a different official definition that I defer to. Brendan, you're um, so like the official the definition coast, as like, advertised is meaning like it's a good thing in, your face. in, in the I'm culture. In Canada, where, like, uh, wokeness pertained to social issues that people were otherwise blind and or asleep to such as racial disparity, the wage gap, discrimination of minority groups. Now on paper all of that sounds good. The problem is the fifth. So like it, it's 
would be and even John you know, in the Midwest, where it's like ideally like societally based like via a meritocracy. Regional, what they decided yeah, instead was to go you know to I mean? a push like, towards equity, which is if we don't have enough. Yeah. Plus, plus, it also is just our, our general point of view towards it too. That you know still I mean? doesn't sound <laughs> yeah. so terribly like, horrible, you know, but and it's just kind of how you were raised, I guess, is, too. It's actually you know, become, and how you ended up um, viewing you know, the world. Definitely so I mean, you know, and of course, Marxism, not saying that you know the way anybody is, is raised is the only way people see the world, but it does kind of cloud. How we see property. the world this is until we kind of you know, open it up a little bit and see from and other people's perspectives, saying, which like, you know, this bringing it back to the whole woke thing is what they don't this class, like to do. So they to don't want you to think for yourself right? and they don't want you but to have conversations with other people because then it could be like, oh, you know what, maybe this woke thing really isn't 100% all that great. You know, all I can think about with the woke culture, you know, I'll end my thoughts on this, is the song Everything is Awesome from the Lego movie. Are like that's essentially the what their that's essentially what their theology society, is. is you know, everything is awesome. People. You know um, what I mean? And and they just think they everything that is woke or everything that is in like and I don't want to say inclusive, but like woke yes. wokefully inclusive. You know, is awesome. Well, I mean, in this and case, it's like oh, talking after, we're talking no, about really. intellectual property and things. Yeah. We don't right, actually well, uh, own, I have to actually get going, but now. you know, like unfortunately. Um, so I will talk to you gentlemen later. Yes. All right. Yeah, chat discussing what the so, so I'll, next, I'll so. stop there. Everybody else, yeah, go around. Death of the movie star, which is another one I was thinking of. Yeah, because I mean, everybody kind of calls Tom Cruise the last movie star that, like, you know, can draw uh, a box office. You know I what I mean? Know. I, I'd say The Rock is in that category. Yeah, but like, there, yeah. there's only a handful of them now. Like, it's not like 20 years ago where, like, yo yo. Well, before the slap, I would have said. Yeah, I mean, before the slap, I would have said it was Tom Cruise, Will Smith, and Dwayne Johnson. Like, those are the three guys that if you went to a movie, you went because of them. But now I think Will Smith lost a little of his uh, cachet because of the slap. So I would have thrown Johnny Depp in that category up until mm. the Amber Heard shit. Fucking yeah, but even then, like, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess you could, but even with him, like... Don't like, yourself, not not everybody so. went because of him. Oh, there was a lot of people that did though. Like he, he's, yeah, I know. Dude, but I, it's I, more, it's more of a. If Johnny Depp was in it, I'd probably watch it, even if I read this. Yep. The movie and it's like plot of the movie has like has like I wouldn't generally watch mm-hmm. this, but Johnny Depp's in well, it. Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks you know? is probably in the, like that Johnny Depp tier where it's like lower mm-hmm. end of that spectrum. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like and, they're uh, they're they're like one, right out of it. For me, another one at least for me is oh, Mark Wahlberg. Let's Wolver. just get right into it. I say. Like, I'm at least gonna give mm-hmm. it a shot. Yeah, well, I mean that that goes down to like personal preference. Like usually, yeah, if anything like, says like Spielberg in it, like I'll give it a look. But not I, I everybody gonna, does nowadays. You know what I mean? I was just gonna say like you don't even have the same level with directors like you used to. Like mm-hmm. Spielberg, yeah. Scorsese, like. Yep, Scorsese. Now, just mm-hmm. James Cameron? No, Ridley came I mean, out, like, you know, as bad as... Well, I mean, as bad as Woody Allen was in his personal life, I mean, Woody, Woody Allen's going to be, you know, yeah. hanging yeah. it up. Yeah. You know, people would go just because it's a Woody Allen movie. Yeah, yeah. Years yeah. ago, that's true. But, like, even still, like, well, Kevin Smith was one where, like, he had... It wasn't a huge audience, but, like, he definitely had his built-in audience where if Kevin Smith's name was on it, they were going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Right, like 
So yeah, that, that actually could now be he's, a really fun topic. Yep, now he's making movies, sad movies about the character that he envisions himself as having heart attacks and dying on screen. So Don't see Clerks 3, kids. Don't see Clerks 3. And the worst part is I'm still going to st- give it a shot just because, like, as somebody who's, yeah. like, you know, like, uh, I have a very, I- I'm fond of Jersey Girls. It's probably one of his favorite movies of mine. But it's like Clerks has somebody who actually worked as a clerk. And it's mm. really funny because first time, first time I watched Clerks, uh, I didn't get half of it just because, like, I didn't, you know, I was probably younger. Yeah, it's a very. It's, when I well, there it is already a black. Yeah, well, I think it's also this. And I'm, I'm glad you made yeah. that point because well, I think there's also like very like, like, like we don't have representation, movie, and they do, they and they don't know about it, and they don't care. And then what it really is is oh, we want you know main character representation of an already established character. I mean, maybe that stuff is universal. We don't want to elevate this lesser-known character. Nobody cares about. I mean, maybe that stuff is universal because I mean, I just figured maybe it was just like a like an American store clerk, like because of some of the shit that happens. But no, I don't know. I guess maybe in internationally. And there's literally yeah. like every scene in that movie. I can mm. tell you that. So I there is a reason. There is yeah. a reason yeah. why yeah. I think there's other than because they're yeah. I agree with you ninety percent of the time. However. There are but, genuine, yeah. genuine Wokies no, no, that, that's you know, whether they think they're great, really sometimes they are, day, like, they are, or they're just so laughably kid, fucking like, horrible, kids, and a lot of times they are, but there like are that, some creative simple. ones, that's and yeah, I will give them that. They give us money and be like, you know, mm-hmm. bring us like two packs of cigarettes, yeah. six beers, and get yourself an ice cream. Well, let's get everyone's definition. You know, we'd go to a store and we'd get two packs of cigarettes, six beers, and ice cream. and three scratch tickets and fucking take the change for yourself. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And I like, mean, you know, so day, I'm sure like, one of the things we're going to probably talk about is yeah, comic uh, books. Uh, sure. uh, one thing I will always defend you know, and I'm not going to say Brendan, unbelievable Gwenpoint. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 all about yeah. outside of the West Coast Avengers revival. Most of those books are really, really good. Storytelling in order to serve identity politics, typically. That's which obviously you know. Yes, they did. Definitely has. And undermining things to prop up your thing has been around. I think with that wokeness specifically um, is doing it. That puts a cap on the whole woke discussion. Yeah, because you know, the world has changed. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. You know, and I think we just had a whole discussion on. Yeah, I think we just had a whole discussion on kind of the bad. Mostly, That's why I say kinda. Eventually, we'll start hitting topics where it's like, oh, yeah. well, here's a positive from this. <laughs> yeah. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. yeah. We, we yeah. got to get the anger out of our system first. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait till John's back to do a happy one. We got to fill yeah, out the complaint box first. Well, we won't, do, we won't do a happy one about... Uh, Top Gun Maverick, if you want. It, it was a physicality thing. He had the imposing John is not a fan of that. Which... <laughs> no, he doesn't seem like he's going to be me and you, man. It's always going to be me and you. I will die on that hill. Fucking oh, yeah, I'm going to join you. Over there. Yeah. Hey, dude, the same thing goes for me and you and Avatar. <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, fuck that movie. <laughs> See? So I'm going to give you <laughs> an example. 
Um, <laughs> all right, ladies and gents, I think it's time to send the boat back for the boat packing. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Let me uh, I got that. that.